Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your Uncle Silk, 35 of my block. Yo, it's Dan. Hey, Dan. What's up, man? <laughs> you might have blown my speakers, bro. I'll be honest with you. Ah, <laughs> Lee, Dan. What's up, Dan? Oh, living the dream, boys. You got the media day buzz in you? That's what it is? So little energy? Yeah, a little energy. I was watching Felipe Franks right before you guys hopped on. So, a lot of energy, a lot of swag. I'm here for it. Speaking of swag, my man Dan Mullen brought out the, the Dan Mullen 11s. And look, uh, extra dapper. What you thought about him, um, Black? I know you're talking to me because I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I almost said Dan, but I don't know. Listen, I was ready for Dan to answer you though, so <laughs> I, I think Dan might be coached up. Hey man, but he, he he had a lot of swag, man. I hear them, I see them hating behind Miami fans. Talking man, about they got, they got the, they, they can say what they want to say, but, but Mullen's owning he's owning media days with these shoes every year, though. I like the tradition of it. Bro, these boys got real trash jerseys, literally. And talking about somebody, talking about our coach's shoes. Yeah, they did have jerseys made out of trash. Yeah, and <laughs> our coach sound like Daffy Duck when he talked. Like, stop. Like, life, life, life is symbolisms, bro. So, yeah. but it's all good though. Coach, 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 rocking it out, out there. Dan, you got a pair, pair of J's from um, the great folks at Gator Kings. What you gonna wear with them joints? Mm. Um, I don't know. I have to find a time. Um. I'm sure there'll be a time that I'll I'll rock them. Uh, not a big Jays guy. I mean, you guys see, I'm a big uh, big loafers guy, you know, boat shoes type of guy. Um, it's probably been probably 15 years since I put on a pair of Jays, so I'll have a I'll I'll, I'll break them out for some uh, some special event though. Hey, you guys all you get spray tea. You you get one of them airbrush hey, Yeah, yeah. I'll get my airbrush tea. I'll get my mangoes. I'll, ah, <laughs> I'll go to the candy lady's house. We gotta, get, we gotta get Dan a, a, a t-shirt from the gas station. Get a G-man. Ah, <laughs> uh, we, we, we put Dan on a G-man t-shirt, man, with the J's and, and some khakis or some or some jeans, man. Sounds like, sound like a good coach project. Gotta get Dan on this. <laughs> get Dan to train. Get one of those tall tees too. Hey, you was talking, Dan, you was talking about um, Felipe Franks at the media day. How you like how you handle media day? Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Uh, he's poised. He's confident. Uh, it's good to see him. You know, he's uh, I've known Felipe Frank since he was like 16 years old when I covered him and his brother at Friday Night Lights uh, with Gator Country. Uh, and it's awesome to see him kind of come uh, into fruition. He talked with a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, th there's no reason for me not to think that the confidence that he carried the last four games of the year uh, through the spring game and into now uh, won't be able to carry over. He's always had a lot of confidence, but it seemed like uh, today he talked with a lot of confidence, not only in himself, but in the team. Uh, he talked, to, you know, with a lot of uh, energy and passion about Brian Johnson and Dan Mullen and the rest of the staff. So I thought he did a good job uh, up there. Nice. Um, my man P. Ryan had some things to say uh at the media day to day, he had a quote. Most of his stuff was good. P. P Ryan is a great uh, representation of University of Florida. Uh, probably one of the, the the fan favorite of the program these days. But he said the fans are bipolar. Agree or disagree, Black? Um, I mean, in a way, I I can agree. I can see what he's saying. I don't think bipolar was the right word to say right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know Finicky, Finicky is probably a better word. I mean, as, as yeah. a lot of fan bases are, though, man. When you're losing shit, they're trying to figure out why we're losing. That's with anybody. You know, they're trying to figure out who, what's the issue and who to, who to point the finger at. Um, <clears throat> you know, but we had to shake back. You know, we, we, 
for for a while, man, that McElwain staff was 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 not giving us something, you know, fun to look at. So we were trying to figure out what the issue was. You know, when you have Felipe Schuster crowd and all that, well, we passed that, man. You know, let, let's go. It's time, it's time to play. I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was an interesting. I thought it was an interesting quote. Um, you know. I, I think Florida does have a very, very, very finicky fan base. You know, my wife went to University of Oklahoma, followed them, you know, quite a bit. Their fans are are a little bit different, but even the rest of the Big 12, uh, they're not really like this. There's very few schools that have the standard that Florida has. Um, I don't think that bipolar is the right word, but I think the message he has behind it is – where, where he said that we're one, when we're winning games, everyone's happy. And when we're losing games, everybody's uh, getting bashed from coaches to the equipment guys, even kickers. I, I think it's true. I, you know, Florida has a reputation online, whether it's true or not, um, and whether it's the most outspoken or not, as a very finicky, very um, – uh, what's the best word to use? Roller very aggressive, probably, probably, yeah, very aggressive, very, yeah, I mean, roller coaster ride is good. Um, you know, right now they're riding high, but, you know, for. Well, this morning it was riding low, but I to commit this evening they're riding high. So, I mean, today, if you watch the timeline today, it was a good representation you know, of, of how this fan base operates. Uh, I love, I love the Gators fan. I love Gators, man, but I think it's a difference. What LaMichael's probably was trying to get on is the difference between criticizing and bashing. Like, I had criticism of Franks last year, but I was a fan of him, so you criticize and you move on. Fans, some of our fans are just bash and bash and bash, and they want you to just call the guy trash every day or go in and mention the call. I think that's a bit much, man. It's okay to be critical. We're yeah, we have a lot. Movie. We have a lot of gator critics. Um, and I use that phrase together for a reason. We have a lot of people that that never seem to be pa- or you know never seem to be happy with anything, whether it's they didn't score enough points or whether it wasn't pretty enough. You know, I remember, Oof. you know, yeah, when even you know when Urban Meyer was here, you know that that last season of Tim Tebow, you know, Florida was undefeated and they were complaining about not scoring enough points. Uh, you know, with Steve Adazio as the offensive coordinator, so it, it just seems like Florida fans are never happy. Uh, I don't think that that's true, but I you know I think the sentiment in college football because he's not the first person to say it. There's a lot of people that have said it. Uh, and I don't necessarily think it's true, but it is part of a perception. And I think part of it is because for a long time, people never saw, you know, Florida's Boom. rise. Co- well, yeah, yeah. But what Florida's co- rise has coincided with, you know, the fact that it's a lot easier now to watch games on TV. So for a lot of Florida fans, you know, for the first 15, 18 year, 15 years or so that they watched, uh, you know, TV, uh, you know, watched a lot more college sports on TV. You know, the Florida Gators were doing really, really good in the 90s and then early 2000s. You know, they struggled a little bit with Ron Zook and then they won again. So it took them really 20, 22 years of the Gators being on TV all the time before they really struggled. And then when they did, they were just so used to winning and talking about it so much. And then they were so passionate, so ingrained in it that when they got their first stumbling block, I think that that's when it started to change a little bit. So, you know, I don't. I don't think that they're anything more than fanatics and fans. But uh, you know, I don't know if bipolar is the right word so, here. So, to, so to sum all that up, man, I think our fans are spoiled. In a nutshell, you know, we, mm-hmm. they're so they're so used to us winning, and, you know, and, and being and being great that sometimes when we're not, they don't know how to accept it. Is that fair to say? Yeah, 
Absolutely. And and I think, like I said, you know, college football's rise has coincided with Florida's rise as like it being as big as it is in popular culture. And so, you know, as football was rising in popular culture, Florida's doing really, really well. And so for a long time, you know, they were, you know, a top 10 offense. They had a, you know, a pretty good defense. Uh, you know, and they had Steve Spurrier who was talking a bunch of trash. So it was really easy to be confident in them. And they went from that. They had a couple down years, which really weren't that bad with Ron Zook. And then they had Urban Meyer. So for a long time, for really 17 years, they had what, two bad seasons or two mediocre years. And so, you know, they were confident, they were cocky. And then I don't think they always knew how to deal with, uh, you know, with, with being average or being mediocre. And I think that that's okay. And I don't think that, you know, Florida was pretty or enjoyable and you always want your team to be enjoyable to watch on TV. You know, you can lose and it's still be an enjoyable game to watch, but the way that Florida has lost over the last you know, seven, eight years hasn't been pretty. So I think that that's why they're so, you know, wishy-washy and so critical. But, you know, as Florida wins more, I think people, you know, start will start to really like it more. And I think Twitter's given everybody a voice and they're just loud and Florida has a passionate fan base and they're loud and annoying and, you know, they just, you know, that's just kind of who they are. But, you know, that's fans in general. We also have my man Jabari Zuniga at uh, Media Day. Usually a guy that's behind the scenes, really haven't been on uh, spotlight his entire career. I think he did a great job at uh, SEC Media Days. One of his quotes at, at, the, at the podium was saying that his expectation was for us to win the SEC. What do you, what do you feel about it, Black? That's always been our expectation. Um, I don't know, you know, somewhere down the line, we swayed away from that. You know, uh, um, with the obvious, you know, the coaches, you know, changing and all that. Um, but, you know, getting, getting to the SEC championship always has been our, our goal. Um, with getting with that, you know, if, if, you know, nine times out of ten, you get to the SEC championship, you win the SEC championship, you you possibly trying to fight for a national championship. That's why we may get into the SEC, you know, our, our goal. Um, it's tough, man. And, and, and to get to that, it's, it's going to take a lot. You know, it, it, it takes some kind of champion to, to, to overcome all those games and overcome all the adversity uh, to to get to the SEC championship and come out victorious, it, it, it's like a different type of champion. I agree, man. I I just like this whole energy of of the whole thing, man. It was some it was a bunch of quotes in there that I'm gonna revisit later from several of the guys, man. Huggins, there's been some smoke and uh, rumors swirling around message boards, direct messages that my man Huggins may be facing some type of suspension or some type of Title IX investigation. Uh, today, Dan Mullen was asked, did he, was there anything regarding Huggins? He responded, as far as he know, he didn't know anything and that Huggins was getting ready uh, in class and getting ready for the fall season. What do you make of that, Dan? I got to take him at his word. I, you know, I don't, I don't know otherwise. You know, there's been no reports other than message board rumors uh, about exactly what's going on or for me to disagree with that assessment. So, no, I think that, you know, we have to take Dan Mullen at his word. And, and I think if that's not the case, you know, he'll, he'll share that news. You know, we've talked a little bit about it. And the news that we've talked about is probably not something that, you know, they, they can even share or talk about. So I think that they're, you know, no matter what the situation is, I hope that he is, you know, going to class and he is getting ready for the season. Uh, I think that that's a great answer because it doesn't say that, you know, that 
you know, one thing or the other isn't happening. It's just saying, hey, he's going to class. He's getting ready for for the season, and you know, we'll we'll handle the situation as it happens. But I don't I don't think that there's much more that needs to be said uh, until they're ready. I disagree a little bit. I disagree a little okay. bit. I disagree because he said he didn't know of anything. He didn't know that what was going on. Like there was nothing. So as far I, as he knows, there I, was nothing. And I probably ag- agree. There, there is something, and I think that he can have plausible deniability for him to say, "Hey, I don't know what's going on. It might be out of my hands." Uh, so there's a lot for him to say. I don't know what's going on, right? Like a lot of times when there's academic issues going on, or there's you know a student that's struggling to get into campus. Hey, you know it's out of my hands. I, I don't know about any issues, but but that may be above my pay grade, right? So, um, you know. No matter what, it doesn't seem like they were ready to make an announcement one way or another. I think that, uh, you know, he could have used his words differently if it was a 100% certainty that nothing, you know, was going to potentially happen. Well, I, I saw Huggins today, man. He kid looked confident, looked big as ever, looked like he in shape, ready to play. I saw him, you know, just, just, just after he worked out, man. So Yeah, so, so I think around, the fact, he, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So he was yeah. around the team black? Yeah, I saw him today. Yes, Around the team? Yeah, man. Man just got done working out. So that tells me what I need to know then. Yeah. yeah. I saw I saw him at the gate ahead. Hmm. So that's interesting, man. Uh, there's been a lot of smoke and a lot of people made a whole lot of the, all of this, man, within the last 24 hours. There's been smoke out there for a while. I mean, we got sources and whatnot, people who say things. I just don't like to report and, and just go on the timeline with rumors. That's exactly why I didn't say anything last night regarding his name. Because I don't want you to jump off the off the bridge into a mullet or somebody else speak on it. Like I'm a chill because yeah, I I think that's the best thing to do because you know we don't know what's going on. So until no. you know, until something is said, we don't want to jump the gun. At. Well, and if you read the message boards, everybody's just throwing names around, and yeah, I feel bad for these kids. There's a lot of kids' names who've been thrown around that that aren't involved. It reminds me of you know an issue that happened a few years ago where a a website reported that a bunch of players were going to be uh, suspended for a game and it might have been the first game of the year and it turns out that half those names were wrong and those kids names got dragged in the mud so unless you absolutely know what you're talking about it's, it's probably best to just wait for the uh, the news to come out yeah it's a lot of goofy stuff going on too it's 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 former Florida State players with, with podcasts they're going out acting like they're breaking stories on these same kids that not making making it academically wise kids that are getting suspended it's a lot of negative stuff around Anything that's going on with these these college kids, man, I think a lot of it's corny. I think everybody needs to slow down and realize at the end of the day, it's a game. You know what I'm saying? We in this for fun, not to tear the kids down. You feel me? Like, we in this. We bash each other as far as fans, mm-hmm. but let's not bash the, the, the kids and the recruits and stuff on personal and legal issues and stuff. Like, that's kind of – I mean, I've done yeah. it before in the past on, on, on certain things, but I think we got to chill with some of that. I think it's, 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 it's a little different, man. Yeah, it goes back to – academics uh it goes back to you know potential character issues or red flags or everything else that people talk on unless you absolutely for certain know what you're talking about just sit this one out it's not for you you don't know what the kids grades are you don't know what the situation that kid has uh if you don't know don't just throw names around don't just you know sling disparaging comments around just because they're you know an athlete or even though they're a division one athlete at the university of florida or wherever they might be you know this is an 18 to 22 year old kid that you likely there's probably a 99 percent chance that you don't know what you're talking about yeah especially uh-huh. if nobody like i never like i mean this i don't i don't i don't run with rumors you know what i'm saying like there's something get reported okay just let, let the jokes fly a little bit 
But if there's rumors and there's really no, you don't put, you're not gonna put your name behind something and say I'm breaking this news. Now, I don't care if you have a podcast, you're a writer. If you're not gonna put your name behind and say I'm breaking such and such news, this person is on the Title IX investigation or not gonna qualify, then that's bossing up as a writer or a media guy, whatever. That's bossing up, boss up. But don't all the rumors and smoke and you and you're a media guy with a platform is corny. Yeah, I, I think so too. I don't, I don't know when it's when they thought it's susceptible to talk about like kids' grades and stuff. Like, like come on, man. Like, y'all talk about schooling and, and grades and how, how kids get taught and stuff, man. That that shit lame, dog. Like, and and uh, me personally, I just sit back and laugh at it all, bro. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy how how do you, you know we could talk about you know uh you know the other team, if, if they lost a game or something. Man, it's all fun and games, dog. But y'all talking about going personal, talking about dudes' grades. And, and be wrong. And y'all mm-hmm. ain't talking about, bro. Like, <laughs> and then you're wrong. There was writers, you know, their bloggers, whatever they were, that were talking about players that weren't going to qualify. They used their name in tweets. And sure as heck, they're in school right now, and these guys are wrong, and there's no consequences for disparaging this kid's name. So it's sad. It's disappointing. I hope it changes, man. You know, the, the idea that you have to be the first one uh, to break the news or you need to throw out all these weird tea leaves and everything else just to try to pretend like you know what you know. If you know what you know, break the news, or if not, just sit back and wait for it to be reported. But don't, you know, disparage these kids or don't guess and throw spaghetti against the wall and hope that it works so you can be like, hey, see, I was right this one time. Absolutely. Boss up or shut up, man. But it's linebacker week. Let's get into some linebacker talk and get my man from the 561, the legend, John Bostic. Let's hang out. First time on the show, we got a Palm Beach 5561 five, legend. Uh, got to wear number one at University of Florida, so he's one of the GOATs there. Second round draft pick. My man, John Bostic. What's going on, John? Not much. How you doing? Hanging out, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you for, for hanging out with us. Um, bot, bot. Even though, yeah. you, even though you be lying all the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't nobody be lying, bro. I just, I just want my dog back from you and uh, TJ, man. Been, <laughs> been some years now. Uh, look, you, look, you done made all this money over the years. So tell me, man, you know, everybody always want that experience. And, 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 you know, everybody can't have the opportunity to actually be a Gator. Let everybody know what it, what it means to be a Gator. Uh, and talk a little bit about the Gator standard. Uh, I mean, first, first of all, you know, I've, you know, since the first time I ever stepped on campus there, you know, that I knew that was a place I wanted to go. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, I had, I came behind, you know, um, some great linebackers, you know, a lot of great defensive players, um, you know, to be able to, you know, represent, you know, that, that Gatorhead and, um, you know, what, what we put forward, you know, in the off season and, you know, what I learned just, just from the guys in front of me, I mean, like I said, that's, it's something you really, really can't even explain. Um, and like I said, you know, I, I I came behind some, you know, great linebackers, you know, to be able to, you know, uh, come in and watch Spikes for a year uh, after, you know, watching them on TV, uh, you know, for multiple years, you know, Dustin Doe, uh, Ryan Stanford. Um, I mean, it, you, I really couldn't have walked in a better linebacker room and, you know, into a better defense. Right. John, how, John, how did you become a game? What made you choose University of Florida in the recruiting process? Um... 
man, I, to be honest, you know, like I said, it, it really just, it, it kind of speaks for itself. You know, the university, the stadium, all that stuff, it, it speaks for itself. Like, you know, it, a lot of places you got to go and, you know, they got to sell you on it. You know, oh, come here, you know, you're going to be able to do this, you know, do that and whatnot. University of Florida sells for itself. You, know, you literally can just show up in that stadium and be able to see, you know, 90, 95,000 people. You know, you can't hear the person next to you. Um, you know, the great players that, that, that have played there and gone on and done a lot of great things after. Uh, it's something I definitely want to be a part of. Part of, And, uh, you know, as soon as I got, you know, that offer from UF, you know, I, you know, I told Urban, you know, I was coming. And I was so strong I was coming, you know, and, you know, strong just, you know, really, you know, solidified everything, you know, after, you know, I had really built my relationship with him, you know, because he's a guy that, you know, a lot of, you know, guys that I play with, you know, we still keep in contact to this day. Nice. Being the son of an NFL player, how did that affect you playing ball and the whole recruiting process, the expectations, or was there any pressure? Um, for me, you, the, the crazy thing is my, my father actually didn't even want me to play football. Um, a lot of people don't even know that. Um, you know, I, I was a baseball player and, uh, I was a little Why bit you better. Why can't play no baseball, football. man? <laughs> hey, hey, I told you, bro. Hey, maybe not, you know, but, um, you know, I, I was a better baseball player than I was football. And, uh, but I, you know, I, I like the, you know, contact nature of the game. Um, but my dad, you know, he, he tried to steer me, you know, towards baseball. He was going to let me, you know, pick my own course and whatnot. But my mom actually was the one who actually, you know, signed me up for football. You know, my dad didn't even want to sign me up for football at all. Um, but, you know, I ended up, you know, choosing football, you know, and you know, it's been a great decision for me. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I, you know, coming in, I didn't really have, you know, any, you know, expectations or anything, you know, for me. I just really just wanted to come in you know, and, and play football, you know, learn from, you know, the players in front of me, um, you know, learn, learn the game, you know, because I, I didn't play linebacker until I got to, to Florida. So there was a lot I had to learn. And I had always played in the secondary. So, you know, coming to UF, you know, being able to sit behind Spikes for a year, it, it really allowed me to really learn the game, you know, and kind of get that jump, you know, start, you know, going forward. You talking about you play, you play DB. Boy, I don't, I don't think I – Hey, Boston, you barely caught that pick against Tennessee that one time. Hey, hey, Black, oh, I watched What you mean? You almost hey, Black. It. Hey, Black, I remember the first time, I'm going to tell you, I ain't, know, I ain't know a whole lot about John Box. I live right here in Royal Palm. He lived in Wellington. I used to see him at the rec or at, at uh, Wellington um, LA Fitness hooping every now and then. So he, I knew he was an athlete. I was at a Glade Century game. My man line of receiver took a slant about 65 yards. Nah. I was like, who the fuck is this kid? He, he, That's what I'm saying. When he got, man, let me tell y'all about boxing. Hey, if you, if you break out like that on Glade Sense, you would not slow, so, man. Look, my, my, boy, my boy used to pull up, man. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Look, when Bot when Bot pull up, you know Bot pull up in the parking lot. Bot had, what you had, 22s <laughs> or 24s, Bot? <laughs> hey, man. Look, <laughs> look but now Bot pull up on that on you with, with, a, little, with a little charger. Man, my boy. Yeah, nah, I got it. I got the 350. Nah, you, you, I don't, I don't think you seen it. Wait, nah, you ain't see that yet. Nah, see, look, uh, see how, see how you do. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood on me. <laughs> so, nah, bro. Hey, listen, you, you know, if you keep my gas money, I can't pick you up, bro. But you know, <laughs> I'm trying. To, you know what I'm saying you owe me. <laughs> so, uh, talk about uh, about what, what, what you think uh helped you with your longevity in the league, like what. What what do you give all the credit to? You know, is it is it you know staying healthy? Uh, you know, what is it? 
Um, for me, you know, it's one one is staying healthy, but you know, just like I was able to, you know, walk in college and uh, you know, walk into you know a great locker room, a you know great position, you know, room. Um, I was able to do the same thing in the NFL. When I walked in in Chicago, um, I was supposed to start right away, but um, we had three veteran linebackers. You know, we were going to try to make you know our last run at the Super Bowl, you know, uh, with the team we had. Uh, but I had three veteran linebackers that were all you know eight years plus in the NFL. So being able to sit back and watch them, you know, for a little bit, you know, that that really helped, you know, my game and, you know, be, be able to learn the NFL game even better, you know, than, you know, you know most people would expect, you know, coming in. Um, it, it it really helped me throughout my career. There was a lot of things that, you know, uh, Lance, you know, Briggs had taught me, um, you know, I still use to this day, you know, and it's crazy. It's just like the little tips that you're able to, you know, gather, you know, from some of the veterans, you know, it kind of sucks now, you know, with the new CBA, with the league getting as young as it's gotten, um, you don't have a lot of those veterans, you know, anymore to be able to teach you the, your little tricks and trades, you know, going forward, you know. So, because, I mean, you know, right now in Washington, you know, guys have asked me, man, how you know that, you know, the ball was going this way? You know, I'm telling you, you know, hey, when the quarterback gives you a check like this, you know, usually he's going away from the down safety. I'll tell you, so if you find a down safety, you, you know, you know where the ball is going to go at. So basically you're old head now is what you're telling us. I ain't, I ain't old head. You know? Yeah, old head. You <laughs> talking about that? <laughs> but no, but but it, but it, but it's true. I mean, you think about it, bro. Like when when you came in the league, bro. Like it was you had a lot more veterans around. Now it's like you know you may have one or two here, and it's like but now they're trying to get them in and out. You know the league is so young now. Hey, hey, Bostic, I was just gonna ask you kind of the same thing. Is is do you think? And if you can't answer this, that's all right. Do you think that the the product of the NFL has watered down a little bit because you have so many players making so much money at the top end of that salary uh, cap that you know a lot of you know a lot of you guys you know a lot of the guys that have been in the league four or five six seven years are getting pushed out you know for these guys at you know at these rookie salaries. Um. Yeah. You know. I I, I do think you know that that is that has happened. You know. I do think. Um, you know, a lot of veterans have gotten pushed out the league. There's a lot of veterans that can still play. They can give you, you know, you know, great snaps that are taking, you know, care of their body. I mean, you look at, you know, a guy like Adrian Peterson, you know, I'm looking at this guy in practice to be, you know, as old as he is, still running away from guys in practice. See guys like, you know, Vernon Davis that take, you know, taking good care of their body, are able to still, you know, create mismatch in the passing game, you know, will go in, will block, you know, and, you know, certain teams, you know, we'll say, you know what, like, we don't care about that. If you can play, you can play. And you got other teams that are like, hey, um, you know, I'm going to go with the young kid. I want to work with the young kid, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. not everybody, you know, come, comes, you know, from, you know, a great defensive background, you know, where they can walk in and be able to run, you know, a co- complicated defense. And you got others, you know, yeah. places that are like, hey, we don't want a complicated defense. We want guys to be able to come in and play fast. So we'll rather run four or five plays, you know, than instead of a team, you know, that, that has a complex playbook that needs veteran players to be able to run those, you know, the, the type of things they want to do and have the type of checks in that they want to do. So, um, you know, it, it varies by team, but, you know, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, you, you got to take care of business and, you know, let the business side take care of itself. Yeah, I got you. Hey, I got to ask you one more question. Uh, one of my favorite hits, uh, you know, I've been a Gator fan my entire life. So uh, one of my favorite hits of all time is that hit that you had against Teddy Bridgewater in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl. I uh, talked to you a little bit Ooh. about that hit. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of the fans that listen to this podcast want to hear a little bit more. So what was going through your mind? And, and did you know that that hit was going to be such an electric, you know, play, you know, seven years later? Um, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, uh, 
that that year we we knocked out quite a few quarterbacks um you know that year and we knew you know going in you know early in the season you know we we wanted to make you know our statement you know and put our stamp on the defense you know uh like when Amar was there you know they they had a stamp on that defense you know people feared that defense you know for us you know we were a young defense um you know that really finally you know got it you know to where we were you know juniors and seniors we had a couple you know freshmen here and there um but we, we wanted to put our you know stamp on them. You know, our thing was, you know, playing fast and physical. You know, we always, you know, kinda as a joke, you know, we will always watch them with a backup quarterback. You know, first we didn't understand, you know, but um we finally, we finally asked like why why do we watch film with a backup quarterback? He said we plan to not start her out. And uh, you know, after that that was kind of our mentality, you know, throughout the year. And I like uh, that. you know, it, it just going forward it, it was it was something that we really took to. I mean South Carolina game, I mean, we knocked out two quarterbacks in that game. I mean, they had got, got all the way down their third string quarterback. Yeah, I like that. We knocked, we knocked EJ out. You know, we knew we were going to knock EJ out. We knew that. We saw just the way he – we watched film and we studied the film. You know, we said, you know, he always spins out the same way. We were like, listen, like, if he gets in trouble and he spins out and he ain't one yard up here, we're going to knock him out the game. And, you know, that's what happened. Man, give me some good must champ, though. I need – I needed some good must champs, <laughs> a story, an impression. Like he was, like, he, it didn't work out for my man at Florida, but he was a fun coach to follow, man. Like his energy was 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 top notch, and the defense was always amazing, man. Give me a must champ story. Um, I say the best person you need to get to do that is probably Josh Evans. That that's the guy that you need to be able to do the impressions and stuff, you know. But for me, like I, I can say. Uh, that's probably that's the hands down, you know, the best coach I've, I've been. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, um, I was I was so much further ahead, you know, when I got to the NFL, you know, just because of the things that I learned from him, I learned from Coach Quinn, I learned from DJ Durkin. Um, you know, I, I I took so much, you know, and I still use a lot of that stuff today. Even a lot of the, the knowledge I'm able to pass down, you know, to you know the rookies and you know first and second year guys, you know, some of the you know the information that they you know had given to me. Um, uh, and you know, I would say if if anything, you you got to get Josh. Josh Josh is your guy when it when it comes to the to the must champ stories, the, the impressions, you know, and all that stuff. Um, that's always the Josh. Yeah, Mark, you know that. You know when it comes to you yeah, know, coach, you know, he, he got all the stories. We gonna get, get Josh on here. We we gonna get Josh to come hang out with us, man. Yeah, I need all the must champ yeah, stories. Hey, Bob. Yeah, man. So, so tell me, tell me what, what's your, what's your favorite, most favorite game uh, that you played against? You know, go play it in as a Gator. Like, what team did you love to play against the most? My favorite, it would probably be, probably be LSU. I just, you yeah, know, I love playing against LSU. Uh, if, if I had another, if I had to do another one, it'd be Georgia. I love playing against LSU. I love playing against Georgia. Um, you know, you, I mean, you know how the LSU rivalry gets. Yeah, you know, usually the winner of that game is usually, you know, in the national title picture, you know, if, if not the, you know, national title game. Um, you know, so it always kind of comes down to that game. Um, you know, we, we all pretty much went to high school together, competed, competed against each other, you know, all throughout high school. And to be able to, you know, compete against each other again, you know, at the second level, um, you know, it's that's what all the bragging rights go at, man. It's just, I mean, you can't hear nothing in those games. I mean, guys are literally, you know, 
throwing their bodies around and, you know, it is what it is. You're, you're take, you know, whatever pain the next day, you know, but when you, when you get up for that game, I mean, it just, it, it's something you really can't even explain. I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us, uh, Bostic. Hey, you still hang out with BBM then? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was actually, uh, I wouldn't probably, probably about a month ago. That's what's up. I haven't seen them boys in about a year. That's what's up. Uh, G's in. I used to hang out with them boys a good little bit, a good little bit, man. Appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us, man. All right, man. I appreciate you, Bot, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, when you you get Josh back on, man, you got to put both of us on at the same time, man. I got you. Already. All right. We got you. We got you. We got to put uh, Jelani on here, too, man. We got to get Jelani Jenkins on here. Let's go. Yeah, you you definitely got to get Jelani on that, too, so. Yeah. All right, bet. All right, I appreciate you, uh-huh. bro. Yes, sir. All right, go get it, man. Good. I had to get into this five six one talk, man. We got some mutual friends and whatnot, man. Man, Dan shook his head, man, because he don't he don't know nothing about all that. Start starts naming letters, you know, QQ, and you know, all right. No, I do that all the time, bro. I do that all the time. Hey, how you know John Smith? Uh, you know. It sounded like a cash money intro, huh? Bro, take it over for the 99 and the 2000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some quick news around, just a little t- tidbit news around the SEC. We got my man Kelvin Joseph, defensive back out of LSU, into the transport transfer portal again. It's like his third time in like the last like two months. I mean, what is he? What is he like? They tell him to, that they're gonna give him something, and then he come back, and then they. Uh, it would seem like. Oh, he, and they didn't give her something. I don't know. Unless <laughs> you're doing something wrong over there for him to keep doing that. Uh, he is a guy that I think uh, most of the country is recruiting, and I, and I know for sure that University of Florida has reached out and, and, and are interested in his talents. But I don't know if he's gonna be back in back out of the portal tomorrow. Um, we'll see. I think I think if Florida can get him, that shores up a few things with the loss of Chris Steele. I mean, I think he's a good player. Uh, I remember when he was in high school, he was probably the best DB uh, that I've seen, or one of the best high school DBs that I've ever seen. I covered him for a couple years down at that IMG seven on seven. That kid's talented. I know he's not been as good at LSU as uh, as as that statement makes it seem, but I think the kid's got a, a bunch of talent. Yeah, I made a statement on Big Three Roll-Up last week where I said that uh, missing and, and some of these guys that are transferring, like, the game's different now. Like, you can miss Absolutely. a little – you can miss in recruiting now because the kid that committed to LSU and will attend LSU this fall could be on your campus in spring. So it's, it's different now. So you can still fill holes with the transfer portal and whatnot. So missing is not quite the same as, as it used to be. It, it changes everything. I think it changes a lot for these kids, too. You know, a lot of them, you know, will burn bridges. A lot of them will pull games or play games at the end, and you know, maybe they'll be committed to one program and then, you know, decommit on signing day to another program and not tell that school. And, you know, maybe that doesn't go so well for that kid at that one school, and all of a sudden he's looking to transfer, and he might have burned a couple bridges along the way. I think it's going to completely change the whole way that, that recruiting is uh, is done. So, hopefully. But do you think they take their recruiting, you know, serious? You know, even though they got in the back pocket, they could still possibly leave that school in like a year or two if they don't like it. I mean, yeah, all of, all these kids know that they're not they're not tripping because they know they're not locked in. 
But some are also realizing too, like you can transfer and nobody pick your ass up. That's just what mm-hmm. it is. There's a lot yeah. of kids out there hanging, so right. it's still right. it's, it's still a you know what I'm saying. People got to figure this whole system out, bro. Like we're all learning and watching this because it's all new to us. Yeah, but let's get, cons. yeah, let's get into some more linebacker talk. We got to get into the depth chart, and we got to get my man Channing Crowd on here. Let's hang out, dog. Already. Already. <laughs> So first time on the show, we got Channing Crowder, man. First team All-American, two-time first first team All-SEC, third round pick, Dolphins, Miami. Okay, what's happening, Channing? <laughs> what up, bro? Appreciate you, man. That's a hell of a hell of a, hell of a intro, bro. I did my thing down there, but yeah, you got game to do it. They, they put out, they put out stuff on the I was just one of the many. Hey, listen, I, I was just telling these guys, man, you don't even know, man. I learned some stuff, but, you know, you done taught me so much, and you don't even know it, man. Boy, look, listen, man, you a legend in that locker room. You hear me? Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, I tried, man. It was I was there right through that transition with this millennial, this millennial motherfucker, you know, the softy. So I was trying to keep it up and shit. I go back for Wilbur Marshall and goddamn Mike Peterson and, and freaking all them boys. I tried to keep that shit going in the locker room, man, where, Hell, I done talked to Silk before on the, the roll-up. But shit, man, it, it's swag in Gainesville. Motherfucker, you ain't, if you don't think you're the best, you ain't going to be the best, and that's all we put out. So I try to keep that shit going. I, yeah, I still do it to this day. Talk that talk. How you feel before we get into all the, the nostalgia? We finna hang out a little bit. Before we get into all that nostalgia, let's go ahead and uh, knock some things out. Now, how you feel about uh, the depth chart at the Universal Florida linebacker right now? And, and my man Grant. Who's that? Grantham, defense coordinator. Oh, oh yeah, the new one. Okay, yeah, yeah. He uh, right. That the, the funny thing that's gonna go all together, man. My dude Reese, bro. Reese balled in seventeen. I thought he was gonna be a special, you know, special, special. He balled in seventeen last year, man. I don't know if the scheme fucked him up or what it was, but he, you know, he, he ain't looked the way he was. I know he had some injuries, but now I'm just seeing the games the way I was checking him out through spring. You know what I'm saying? He got a little something, so hopefully he can get back. He get back to where he was, and then Amari, uh, what's that? Bernie. Bernie, yeah. The little boy out of Clearwater. See, he was a safety, and I like when they got them converts from safety to linebackers. That means you can run, you can cover your hips good, but now you're gonna put a little weight on. Now you can bust my fucking face. And then Houston, he just a flat out, you know, just a flat out linebacker. He, he a banger. But man, what I saw at that in that uh in that goddamn Peach Bowl with uh Bernie. I think he's going he's gonna to crank it up. And then the boy, uh, Grenard, the transfer, he got to do something. And Moon got to make up for light and jump to them boys. But, man, I like what they got. And then the new defense, man, I'm liking they putting the star back in there. I'm liking they got the, the buck position. Like, what I'm what I'm looking at defense now and what they got, I think, is perfect. Well, my boy, I love Trey Dean. Trey Dean's a dog. Trey Dean's a monster. So I like what they're going to do with him in the box, out the box. So just in that, in that, I call it the second level. I call it you know, the front fold. You got that second level, and you got the look, the, the little, the little dancers back there, the little DBs. But man, that second hey, level, hey, hey, tighten up, tighten up. Hey, we, we we call hell back there. <laughs> no, 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 that's it. Now y'all got a hard job, but see the second level, bro. The reason why I do it because you know I had to dance, I had a couple motherfuckers run around with them little bitches back there too. But I got to go up there and wrestle them big niggas. Now I got to go up there. You know, I don't know if I can say that, but I yeah, you say all that. Okay, bro. I got to. <laughs> 
Russell, Russell, the motherfucker, motherfucker. So that was like that. Why that, that second level? I got a love with it. You know, I played that for whatever. But no, I do like. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, Reese should have been. I think last year should have been a great year for him. But I think now, new defense, more innovative, and now with damn mother figuring out damn Felipe Frank's ass, T-Ron, hoping that offense can jump up and get a lead on, uh, you know, on folks. If they can get that goddamn lead, then you got that front four. Now they bite. Now they going. Now you can send everybody. Now you can send the athletes. So, man, I like we got up front. I like we know we got to CC Jefferson and Polite. We got to replace them. But Bernard, Moon, them boys, you know, they coming up. You know what you need is going to go crazy. I think he was – right now he was top, what, two or three in sacks in SEC and he coming back. So, that that front would be straight. But at that second level, bro, I, I am I am very encouraged by what I've seen in that, in that uh, against towards the Michigan. And then with David Reed getting his new system, man, I like, I like that. I like that second level of the defense. Hey, Channing, this is Dan. I got a quick question. So I know that you've been widely considered one of the best trash talkers of all times. What kind of tips can you give Ahmad for trash talking? Who's that, my man? Hey, so what kind of, yeah, what kind of tips can you give Ahmad for better trash talk? <laughs> oh, better trash. Oh, better trash talk. My bad. My daughter's knocking on the door trying to get me to get a hug. She just got home. Uh. What what you really gotta do, bro, you gotta do research. If you, you know, this is next level, bro. This is this is eight plus <laughs> trash talk. So you can do the whole, you know, talk bad about random stuff or your mama thug, your girlfriend ugly, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got nothing, your teeth messed up. You know, you can see the physical the physical aspects to talk shit. But there's a new level where you do research, where you look up folks, where, you know, you find out what college what high school they went to and then see who who played at the high school the same time or the college the same time and get some damn information on them. Like when I was uh we were playing when I was in the league, we were playing the Ravens and he went um what's the boy name, the little running back, ended up beating up his wife. Uh Ray Rice. Rice. So Rice went to Rutgers. The special teams coach of the Dolphins coached at Rutgers when Ray Rice was there. So I went to I went to, to Rizzy and I said, Rizzy, I need something. So Ray was balling. This 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 probably oh nine, you know what I'm saying? Ray was balling at this point. I said, Rizzy, I need something to get to him. I need something. He gave me some very vital important information about his ex-girlfriend and his, you know, different people with different situations he got in. But the crazy shit was that Ray Rice, he got the down low on me. So when I first hit him with his girlfriend, high school girlfriend's <laughs> name, and hit him, with his, hit him with his daddy's name, he looked at me crazy, but then he snapped out of it. He looked back, man, cried, they told me about you. So, you know what I'm saying? So he did his research while I was doing my research. But, but yeah, you got to, you got to. Nowadays it's just 2019. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do some research to really cut it deep when you talk a trash. Man, Tanner, listen, man, it's so crazy because I'll be on Twitter all day and 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 people be mad at me from all all, all different fan bases. You know what I'm saying? Because one thing about me, I'm gonna get to you blood raw. So you know, Dan say I need I need better trash talk, but in reality, it, it, people get mad at me because I, I speak the truth. I ain't, I don't lie to them people. I, I can't lie. I don't lie to them people, man. I tell them the truth, and they, sometimes people don't like that shit, man. Yeah, they, they can't. I tell you this shit. If 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 nobody got a problem with you, you ain't you doing something wrong. I'm trying to learn. In, in any aspect in life, when that football with radio now, even them raising kids, you know what I'm saying? If people just looking at you funny, then they ain't jealous. And people ain't jealous, then if they ain't jealous. You ain't doing it right because you ain't up on that pedestal to go back to that gator stuff. But we uh, we mountaintop people. Rest of the people, you know, they they trying to climb and they down there in the valley. If you a mountaintop motherfucker, you act like you mountaintop. You be mountaintop. You do mountaintop. So that's what Talk it is. Ain't nobody looking up hate matches. And ain't nobody hate matches. You ain't on the mountaintop. Get out the valley. That's what I tell you. Get out the valley. Be up there. So when 
you be real with people, and when you be talking that real, real shit, that's where you at. You want to talk. And they, they down there, they looking up. They throwing rocks at you, but they can't reach. So whatever you want to do, rub it down. As long as you being real, do your thing. If you ain't got nobody hating on you, then hell, you ain't doing something right. I'm trying to tell you. Let's hang out a little bit. What was your favorite spot, bar, club, or what have you in Gainesville? Um, I'll probably say the palace. That's where I got locked up the most, but I have to say the palace. <laughs> yeah, now I got locked up there twice. I got locked up. Well, I got locked up three times. I got uh, detained a couple more times, but I got to say palace. That's when Pastor Troy was big. Troy used to come through Gainesville. That's when Lil John and then that's when like Atlanta, because I'm from up there, so that's when like Atlanta music was 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 what everybody was listening to. All the first game was Atlanta music. So Lil mm-hmm. John's and the Troys and all them, so they used to come through and they knew what you know what I'm saying. They followed the Troy's a big UGA fan. He followed the SEC, so we were up on stage with him. Um, the boys come from Jacksonville. Mike Peterson, actually, Mike Pete was playing with Jacksonville when I was in Gainesville. So Mike Pete would come back. So Mike Pete would buy the big sessions out. So we all been there wilding out shirt time. The frat one come to here, knock them in the head real fast to keep it, you know, keep moving. But like I would say the hangout, the part of the music, the dance, you know what I'm saying, really have a good time, it gotta be palace. But that little strip across from uh, what's that, Gator City and Plucky Chicken and, and Purple Porpoise and that little strip the swamp and all that. But if you wanna slide up and just grab something quick, you don't wanna <laughs> You just want to find an individual to, to, to divide with for a couple hours, but you can't beat that little strip across from the stadium. That's what, that, that's what the people want to look at the stadium, and then they look at you, and they say, damn, you played over there. Yeah, and uh, what you got doing the rest of the night? No, I'm still. Okay, well, hell, you got something to do now. So I say, <laughs> I'm going downtown, Gainesville. It's like if we don't slide out on a Wednesday night, slide out on a Thursday night, I'm going to that little strip right across from the stadium. And smiling at everybody I see. Hey, how y'all doing? Trying to get free beers. I go out with Nan Dime in my pocket. Good. Drinking, eating everything. Look, hey, hey, Channing, I swear to God, if, if, if the accuracy ain't there, that's crazy, bro, because you sound so accurate. Even even in my day, you know, we, we stayed over there. That's when it was excess and all that over there. Um, yeah. You know, oh, that's yeah. it. That's it. They got the little back, the little back alley. Yeah, so you remember. You but it, but little, it, that, that it ain't back it still got the back alley, but they made excess and all that into something called social now. It was mm-hmm. downstairs now. Yeah, it's like a rooftop yeah. deal looking thing. Oh, yeah, bro. Oh, I yeah. can go back up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm getting a little too right. old now. One look. You too old to hang out, man. Come hang out. Oh, no, nah, man, I can't come back. Last time I was up there about, I don't know, five years ago, so I think I told y'all, girl came to me and said, oh, you're Mr. Crowder. I said, Mr. Crowder? What the hell is Mr. Crowder? Shit, I'm in there drinking, having a good time. She's like, yeah, my dad loves you. I said, yeah, I don't need to ride this motherfucker no more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, talking about Mr. Crowder and they daddy, you know, I said, yep, yeah, I done, I done aged out. I got about 30. I said, yeah, I done aged out now. Hey, look, let me tell you what the boys told me today. I was telling my girl, man, I walked in, I walked in the uh, weight room, daddy, you know, the boys were working out, and, you know, I was on the phone, but I had my headphones in. So, you know, I walked over there by them boys, and them boys said, bust out laughing. I'm like, damn, you know, what y'all boys laughing at me? Man, you, got, you got headphones in. I'm like, damn, what I need some AirPods or what, what? damn, I guess I'm old school. Like damn, I guess I'm old yeah, school. But, hey bro, don't be mad. But you can age out. Well, I tell you, I don't know nowadays. I coach down here in uh down here in Lauderdale at like, university school. 
Maybe on me all day, but with the young puppies, man, they got a different mindset. I ain't changed for them. No motherfucker got changed for me. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna do exactly what I've been doing, bro. What you think about my man Felipe Franks? I, actually, I didn't like him. I, I almost didn't like him to be honest. But <laughs> when he came, when the motherfucker came out, he a big old book boy. So I ended up seeing him at some some gated thing, and uh, that motherfucker huge. But damn mother, man, that's one thing right now. The real talk about the kid, but damn mother know the SEC. He know, like, what SEC football needs to look like. He know what you got to do to win. And without Dan, Felipe was, I don't say nothing. He was a DU to start at the Vanderbilt, whatever. But he wasn't supposed to be at Florida. But, bro, when they brought Dan in, he started last year. Slow start. You know what I'm saying? He was just feeling his way through. And then Dan, Dan worked with him. Dan saw him. Dan ain't used him like he used the other quarterback, the more athletic quarterbacks of the past that Dan had, the Depots. And what was that T Hill out there when he was uh fucking that Texas A and M? Not Texas A and M. What was it? Mississippi State. He didn't use him like that. Like he he saw what Frank's got, and then he started adjusting. And then Mother's so damn smart, don't say, okay, we're gonna let you do this, this, this. So he wasn't even doing a whole rollout with Frank. He was doing a little three quarter rollout. Style rollout. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Still sitting him up behind the tackle. He ain't just straight back over the center, but he's sitting up behind <laughs> the tackle. Cause Frank's ain't no ass. Frank's ain't throwing across his body like that. Frank's got to set up. If Frank set his feet. Frank's going to let that bitch go for 60-65. Frank, he got an arm. He just got to set his feet. So I'm watching the games, and I'm seeing the progression. I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing Dan Mullen figure that shit out, man. And once he figured it out, you saw what happened. Ran through, what was it, 11-2, and then went to uh, bust fucking mission in the head, and they all balled in that game, a blowout. So that's what I expect, Russell. To answer it, Dan, Felipe with Dan Mullen, I fool with Felipe. He ain't like Trayon Harris. I hate Trayon Harris. He's the only shit I ever hated in my life. <laughs> them, them, two together, them two together, bro. They, I, I like what they can do with Frank, and I like it. He, I like it. Dan Mullen is making Frank do exactly what he does well, and that's what Bill Belichick does. That's what Nick Saban does. That's what Greg Popovich does. That's what all the greats do. You know what I'm saying? In every sport, let the man do what he does well. Don't ask him to get outside of himself. Don't ask me to go cover no damn Randy Moss. That motherfucker don't catch the ball. Now, you want me to hit this egg out? I'll knock him the helmet off. I'm not. I can't cover nobody way out here in the flat. He's letting Frank do what he does well. Hand the ball off, get his play action going, sitting right in that pocket, sliding from tackle to tackle, getting his feet set to the ground, and letting that big ass six, six, six foot six body let that rock go. And I, I would guarantee Frank's going to have the best year of his, of his career coming up here in mm-hmm. a couple. Well, actually, coming up here on the 24th when they go up there and bash that uh, goddamn Chang's head in. Now, Let's hey, go. How, how many points is Florida going to be Miami by? Um, you know what? I think I, they might pull the dog. I've talked about it before. I don't. It's not going to be no 50, 50 to fifty to three or nothing like that. But it's going to be a convincing win. But it's going to be right there, 30, 30 to 14, 30 to you know maybe they get a late touchdown, forty to thirty to seventeen. It's going to be a it's going to be a, a win. But I'm telling people just. Just pull down your emotions a little bit because they ain't going to be no flat-out ass for Because to be honest, Manny Diaz, he, he, he a pretty good coach now. He ain't going to have them boys out there running around like sick with the head cut off. So Manny going to have his scheme. But really, man, the dogs of Florida, the size of Florida, the teams of Florida, you know, the athletes of Florida, they're, they're going to end up – we are we are, we are are flat-out more talented than the team. So that's going to show his head. I think it's going to be close early, but then that's going to show his head that at most positions, I say in the 22 starting positions, the, the Gators got the change by 19 of them, 18 of them, somewhere around there. So that's going to show his head, especially in the second half. I just, I just don't, I, I just don't know how confident um, the quarterback situation is. With, you know uh, how confident they are with their quarterback situation, and you know with their offensive play caller. 
I don't know. I mean, he a defensive minded well, coach. Hey, you know what I'm saying so. I got an offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, he that, that, that knows like, from he knows from Alabama. Right, right. But he don't. He don't. Got, he, he, don't that, he don't got Alabama right. players over there. That's he had all American everything. They got four, five, deep five stars on every position. So now you're going from that to actually DJ Dallas is their most talented player. They run it back hell. But you're going to Tate Martell. I went and saw one of their spring games. He is tiny as fuck. He's my son's size, and he ain't that good. Jaron Williams, he he looked the part. He's big and all, but they ain't giving him no burn. They got the coach Perry in there. He, he looked confused a lot of the time. He got He's the best athlete now. The coach Perry, he can move. You know what I'm saying? He can throw in the move. He can throw different angles. He can throw across his body. He has the most talent, like most arm talent. But none of them boys, think about it. They say if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. They have three quarterbacks. One transferred in. They don't know if he's going to play. The last one got suspended for, for, for flashing, his, flashing his little money on the on website and sending out pictures of him hitting some girl, you know, whatever. On uh, Instagram, like it, it is turmoil at the quarterback position. We locked, we set, we good. We already got them working there. We got Mullen, we got you know what I'm saying. That quarterback is garbage. And then if you want to go deeper than that, bro, they ain't got no O line. They big boy. They got a right guard as big as hell that looks like an line. Bro, they right. tackle both their tackles under three hundred pounds, two seventy, two seventy five, two seventy. They sell is about two sixty. Like they just don't. Zuniga, he is going to go crazy. Carter, Camp, them boys going to go crazy beating the hell out of these little children. I'm 260 right now. I'm 260, 265. I'm bigger than half of their offensive line, sitting here 35 years old as an ex-linebacker. That's just that's just like. So they got turmoil at quarterback. Then they old line ain't really solid. They got small dudes. They ain't ready for what the size of the speed we have. And then the, the talent on the outside, they, they're depending on guys too. He's going to figure it out. Jeff Thomas is going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. What about the, What about Grimes? You know what I'm saying? What about Jefferson, Cleveland? The boys have figured it out. They don't need to work towards figuring nothing out. T. Ryan, he don't need to figure nothing out. I've seen that boy hit it for 50-60 last year. They're trying to figure things out. So that's the thing, man. UM, I don't know y'all, if all y'all data fans what, but UM is not. They, they are they're in the transition period, and the fans want to paint it like, oh, I think Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz. And I ain't gonna lie, I think Manny Diaz is a good coach. Manny Diaz can't take nail for the snap. Manny Diaz can't line up a nail receiver. Manny Diaz can't get it. No linebacker position to stop the run. And so, hell, what did Wisconsin do to, um, to the damn Canes in the last bowl game? Wisconsin ran for 592 yards on 10 carries or some shit like that. They killed their ass. Why wouldn't Dan Mullen see that? See that they lost Jerry Willis. See that they lost, you know, they lost their their, their strong state. They lost Juwan, uh, what, Juwan Johnson. They lost some of their dogs. How are they going to stop the run now? But the Kings are in trouble up there, and I'm taking all bets. I tell them every show I come on, don't bet Vegas. Don't put your money nowhere. If you really <laughs> want to bet on the Kings, call me, and I will, I, will, I will bet your head up on the Gators Kings as much money as you want. So I'm taking all bets on them goddamn Gators on against you win. And you ground zero in a high school football diner. Are you familiar with my man, Derek Wingo? Derek Wingo? Linebacker. Where he went to school at? Uh, Wingo goes to... Uh, Harris, right? Harris. St. Thomas. One of the, one of the, STA or Harris? One? I think it's STA. STA. STA, yeah, yeah. Yeah, STA. Oh, so yeah, uh, there's a over there. Hey, 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 hold on. Hey, for now on, we can't refer to them as St. Thomas Aquinas. That's Lakeland Junior. All right. Uh, that's a little, that's a little disrespectful. <laughs> we own that shit. All right. That's Lakeland Junior. All right. 
Channing, all right? Shit. But no, I don't, yeah, the, the kids, the guy coaching at university school, we actually said we about 10 miles away from St. Thomas, and we like five, six miles away from uh, Heritage. So I know the little circle, but yeah, them kids be knowing them kids' names, bro. I just look at X and O. I break out X and O. They tackle this motherfucker and hit this gap, tackle this motherfucker and hit that gap. Well, don't you think about, this is what I wanted to ask you. I was thinking about this while you was talking about our defense. What do you think about uh, Miami linebackers? I thought that those guys were okay. They was a little chubby and a little out of shape last year, but I thought it was decent ACC linebackers. What's your opinion on them? Yeah, yeah, no, they can play. They can play. That's one thing. That's the thing. I'm telling you, if uh, if, if, if Bernie don't step up, he looked good, you know, late year last year. And Moon and them boys, I think we're going to run a hybrid. I think we're going to run a 3-4. You know what I'm saying? Miami. You have some, I'm not Miami saying, but I think we're going to – we we gonna have some of the some of our guys standing up, so we oh, got okay. you know saying those other guys can catch you know saying can can make up for the linebacking core even Trey Dean coming down the box, but flat out linebacker position Will Sam and Mike they ain't got us so they just they got they got a savage guy Pickney Quarterman McLeod Pickney's a hell of an athlete Quarterman what you talking about he could play but he fat he don't he don't I want to say the man could play ball but he actually said he he could he could lose about ten pounds and be a little quicker and better. But position to position, they linebacker core is one of the only ones I would say that can compete with the with the Kings. I mean, with the Gators because them uh, Pickney, Quarterman, McLeod can all play, and they already got their solid position. Pickney's the wheel back side. He's the runner. He's the one that moves from the box. He can cover a little bit. Uh, Quarterman is that middle linebacker banger. Um, Brandon Spikes, 80 percent, eighty five percent. What Brandon Spikes was, that's what Crackout Quarterman plays in the middle, beating the hell out of people. And then McLeod's front side, same, keeping it in. He he probably the the lesser athlete of the three. But together, man, they work and play. That's their most, their most talented position on their team is linebacker. On the Canes. So them boys you talking about, because I like corner to pick in the class, they are the most talented group on the team. Before the corner, before the safety, before the D-line, before the D-end, before the O-line, D-line, everybody. Those linebackers are the most talented, experienced players on the, uh, on the, on the Miami Hurricanes. But that's why... I'm looking at it and saying, okay, even though I respect him, and like I said, bro, you sound like you respect too. They yeah. I'm not, I they ain't run for no 600 yards. Wisconsin ain't run for 600. But they must like really average like eight, nine yards a pop. No, that's, I, think they, is, I think they rushed for like 300, didn't they? 300, yeah. They, they, yeah. They, just, they just ran straight downhill at they had and couldn't do nothing. So my question was, even though the respect I got for Courtney taking the cloud, right, because they can play ball, they ball players, how can you give up 300 yards rushing if y'all from all Americans, if y'all all – SEC, all ACC dogs. Ain't nobody running for no three. Now, I remember um, Dexter McCluster was at Ole Miss when I was there with Eli, and I end up I end up hurting my knee. What I do? I had to uh, have a micro, not microfracture, uh, meniscotomy on my knee. I had to have a little cleanup on my knee, and I ended up missing that game. And he ran for about 140, 150 or something like that, and I was hot. So ain't nobody running for no hundred plus yards. Especially not close to two hundred, and damn fucking show not three hundred. If I was on the field. <laughs> So my thing is that if y'all supposed to be three dogs, how can y'all let a team run for 300 on you? Get in your gap, read your D-line. If they can hook, play fast. If they play fast, stay back. Don't make the play. Ain't nobody. I don't think I've gave them 300 yards. I don't think that. I can honestly say I've never been on the defense that gave up 300 yards rushing in my life. Ever. In my life. In my in my fucking life. In your life, bro. You did good. Go out there and get you 20. Go out there and get you 15, 20 times. They run it down here. Man, man, I've been on. I don't. I don't got sixteen tackles in the game before and shit. Man, you ain't rushed three hundred yards on me. But I, I'm. I'm gonna make every yeah, tackle yeah, before right. that shit happens. I, I, I was. I, I was one. 
I was one tackle behind Wilbur Marshall's Florida record. I had 21 in the Mississippi State game in 04. That's when they had um, Jerry Norwood or something like that. And they yep. were throwing it. That's when uh, Sylvester Croom was there. We lost that game. That's what. That's why. That's what got the fire was when we lost it. We lost Sylvester Croom at Mississippi State up there, and he was the first black SEC coach. And ended up whooping our ass. But yeah, they were doing that with Jerry Norwood. 25, 30, 35 carries, something crazy. And I ended up. I was one one tackle behind time. Wilbur Marshall's uh, game record for tackle. But that's what I was talking about, bro. Even with him going crazy, he ain't up for no damn two hundred. I was. I was on the field. Shit, ain't no chance going up for two hundred. Hey, Channing, do you think it matters that Dan Mullen, uh, does it give him an advantage uh, over Manny Diaz because he knows Manny Diaz because he was his defense coordinator for a couple stints? Oh, for sure. For sure. That that, that means something, too, because I even know, like, the coach I play, like Charlie Strong, I can watch South Florida games now, and I know I can – Charlie Strong ran Tracer. Charlie Strong ran Strong Box. Like, I remember his calls, actually, the, the verbiage of Charlie Strong's calls. So I know his thought against 21 personnel. I know his thought against empty. He's going to send one backer and have a rat. Like, I know how Charlie Strong thinks, and I don't know that with Charlie for two years. So now I'm watching Charlie, being in the SEC as long as Charlie was, watching him at Texas, watching him at South Florida, you know, crossing over because you, when, when, when Dan was playing people at other schools, he probably crossed over Texas or South Florida for those last four or five games to evaluate the other team. So he's watched, he's watched um, Manny Diaz actually in person. In the meeting rooms, in the in the, and everybody know like every practice, every every um every series of practice, the the offense are defensive. So the offenses have their playbook and say, hey, we want to see cover four, or hey, we want to see what this looks like against you know blitzing or, or fire zones or whatever. So for him to have to be really in the building, in the meeting room with Manny, going back and forth with, hey, run some you know run some wide you know run some four wide today, run run track you know. Full verge, run all those special, all that stuff against this defense, this defense, this, this defense. He'll know how Manny's mind works. So it actually does, but it goes both ways too because he, he's gone against Dan. But it, it it goes both ways. When you're around somebody, it's a mentality. It's a thought. It's a what they like to do on, you know, third and medium, third and long, first to ten, you know, first to ten plus, you know, after you get a penalty, whatever it is. So it will – it is advantageous for both of them to have played and coached with each other. But I would say it's more advantageous for Dan Mullen because he got the gun, so he got the he got the he, he got the bullets. He got bigger bullets, you know. Manny right now shoots twenty twos, and goddamn Dan up there with the twelve gauge. So if you got the twelve gauge, even if I know you behind the tree, you can't hit me with no twenty two. The twelve gauge cut through the bar. So that's why I think it'll help Dan more because of the fact that Florida ended number six in the coaching poll last year. They're top, you know, preseason top ten. They're just a better football team. So when they figure out the X's and O's. Which both of them are gonna do sooner or later. They're gonna figure out the X and O's of each other. But now Dan got the Dan got the twelve gauge. He got the buck shot and, and, and what's the name over there shooting the goddamn pop pop gun? What is that? Uh off Harlem Knights. The, the little goddamn thirty eight off Harlem Knights. <laughs> yeah, he just he, he he ain't he ain't got the Uzi, he ain't got the A K. So it just it it's advantageous for both of them, bro, but Dan will be able to take advantage of it because of the fact that he he has he has the monsters, he has the dogs to do it. What's one player you uh you ever see to this day that you played against, college or NFL, that you would slap shit out of if you see him again? Uh, Leron McClain, the dude spit on me. He spit in my face. I ended up giving him hell. They were trying to run the ball. He won't work for damn it. Uh, he was one of them little athletic screen catching fullbacks. So he, he can't run no leads and no power. So we were changing his ass up. And he ended up, I was talking, I got some information about him about, I think, his sister or cousin or something. 
and I and I, I hit him with it and I saw it got to him. So then I went through the line, which was an asshole thing to do. But we wanted to call a timeout. But instead of calling it to the to the judge next to the linebacker, I walked through the A gap and bumped into uh, Flacco and then bumped into the fullback. And I just kept hitting everybody as I was walking there and calling the timeout, just bumping into him, you know, kind of stuff. Just a butt white thing to do, man. And so then he got up, he got in my face, and then I was I went to let him know how I feel about him and his entire family. And then he caught back and spit on me. And Kendall Langford, big cat, he just got to leave, play for the Dolphins and the Colts. Big Cat, I would get crazy when he started doing spit on me. So he picked me up like a kid because Big Cat was six seven, about, about, about 295 straight rock. He picked me up and carried me off the field to the sideline. So I said, I said it, I said it to the media. You go online here, you know, I was raving. I don't forgot what year it was, but it was at Baltimore. And I said, the second, if I ever see him again for the rest of my life, is on site. As soon as I see him, he got to know I'm coming at him. And he's going to have to deal with all 265 pounds of this pissed off motherfucker coming at him. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Uh, we got you, man. We got a t- big tailgate. I don't know if you heard about it, but big three roll. We got big tailgating games, but your man Shannon is in charge of all the uh, barbecue and food, man. You ain't doing that on Snell. that date? Yeah, Snell, Snell, Snell throwing it down, yeah, man. I've been saying him on Twitter, act like he can cook. I can get on the Man, I'm gonna holler at y'all off the air, man. Yeah, 
Yeah, man, hit me up, man. Cause I was out there, they throwing us doing damn money coming out with the motherfucking snake skin tins and shit. I'm like, I can't get what? I don't even fuck. Give me one shoe. I wear one motherfucking shoe with a flip flop on us. One goddamn snake skin tins. I'm trying to tell you. Huh? <laughs> It's that snake shit, hey, hey, I'm rolling, bro. One more, one more question, though. Hey, Channing, you you would have put on all that all that shit if you if you'd have had it, all that Jordan stuff in the game, or you would have just you just went you would have thugging it, no gloves, no nothing. No, no, no. I don't want my, I don't want my, own. I don't want my own. whatever shoes I got. I ain't putting all the wrist bands and all that pretty shit on. That go back to not to hurt nobody's feelings. Back to y'all DBs. Y'all like hey, that shit. Hey, you look Y'all good. Y'all like that dance and shit. Y'all like that. Let me get a green, orange, orange, green, green, blue, orange, blue. Y'all like that pattern on your forearm and ankle and shit, mm-hmm. bro. When you're down there, bro, I played, I was in Florida, man. We played uh, Jason Peters and goddamn, what the motherfuckers are? It's sad, man. We, I'm banging them bitches all day. I can't be cute, nigga. I got to go. I got to <laughs> break a bitch's face, man. Question, dog. You uh, were you able to check out the, the new locker room, the renovations they did to the locker room? How you feel about that? I ain't been up there yet, but I saw the little video. They tweeted up, but that's been so hard. Man. I like to say I, I got a light or something, bro. Me and you, bro. We, we y'all, we got a light. We got a motherfucking piece of carpet. We did something for that goddamn, you know, that goddamn locker room. But that shit, hard. it shit always been hard. Florida, always it always been, been hard, but that shit on that shit on another level now, man. The fluorescent blue shit around the gator in the ceiling and all, bro. Yeah, man. They just, you know, they turned this shit. That was uh, actually, it was, it was Urban that turned it, but look, that would have been on doing. That would have always been through every time I saw my games with, bro. Look was the one that brought in all the dogs. The fucking Baker and Jackson. And all the dogs that Urban won, won with. All the motherfucking dogs. Silas and all the dogs. Everything you want to say. Ron Cook brought them motherfuckers in. He brought in all them goddamn dogs, and, and then Urban took them and took off. And Urban's a great coach. I respect the hell out of Urban. But Ron Hunt turned the cannon around, and then Urban turned that motherfucking team around and screwed around. And, bro, they've been riding ever since. They haven't found these that retarded ass fucking Bacawain. But now we got a real coach, <laughs> and now, now we're going to be able to do something because we got a real coach back. So, yeah, but no, bro, they, that shit's stupid, and they're going to stay ahead. And that's, you want to just build that indoor facility. I got them a year ago, six months ago. We ain't this for 10 years already. We always need everybody. So, hey, we're going to have you on a lot this season, dog. You got to come hang out with us, man. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you for fucking with us. Hell yeah, man. Uh, you don't got to be, cu- be comfortable. I'm cussing and all now, bro. Uh-huh. You saw the shit. I'm not joking. I said, I can say anything. I said, yeah, let's go. Y'all want to talk? We can talk. Yeah, no, we're going to hang out. Bro, you can really, you can, I can switch that shit on, and I can talk straight football, asking them no cussing like the motherfuckers on TV, or, you know, they all be going to see the fuck off, we can fuck off. Already, dog. You got to be versatile. That's what it is, bro. Good thing, uh, my man Jeezy said the best, corporate thugging. Already. <laughs> <laughs> my man Jeezy put the best, that shit, I was years ago. Corporate thugging. Whatever you need, please be that, nigga. I wear a bow tie. Oh, Nick, hey, Dan put me on to the bow tie. I might have a full suit soon, bro. A few on um, tuxedo and all. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got, I probably got the shit with my name on the inside pocket. Same. Man, hey. was a, bro, if a money meeting, some, you can make mm-hmm. some money. 
That's right. Hey, scared money don't make money. Yeah, man, we get that shit wrong, get my meat and put them on. I got a briefcase with a lot of shit in it, but I just got a briefcase to make it like, you know, the fucking store. <laughs> All right, dog. Big ass briefcase. All right, dog. Appreciate you for coming on and hanging out with us at Stadium Miguel, dog. We're going we're gonna, to uh, get you All on right. this season, dog. Appreciate it. Hit me up anytime, baby. I'll love them. I'll let you I'll be up. I'm going to the game. I'm going to come out there to the uh, tailgate and all that shit up there in um, Orlando. Pull up, bro. We got whatever you need, man. We're going to make it comfortable, man. We hanging out. I got you, bro. Bring some fire now. Don't bring no goddamn back, back, <laughs> backwoods pine straw. Oh, no, bro. Only the finest of Kush. Okay, my man. Bring, I yeah, got bring you. some. I got, I got a little something. I'll bring you a little something, too, man. Let's try out. Let's go. Let's match. <laughs> I got you, man. I'm going to holler down, boy. Hey. Uh, hey, we still hold it down, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Put that on my gravestone. If I match one with uh Channing Crowder at a tailgate, put on my gravestone. Here lies the man that matched blunts with Channing Crowder. Matches. Hey, That's man. what's up. Let's get into this depth chart a little bit, Dan. We got uh the starting linebackers. We run two. I mean, they consider the butt position pretty much a standing up defensive line position. Or you consider a linebacker, but we covered that during um, lineman week, defensive line week. So let's get into the depth chart a little bit. Starting linebackers are my man David Reese, mm-hmm. senior, and Amari Burner, true sophomore. How you feel about it, Dan? I like both of them. <clears throat> both guys good. Uh, you know, David Reese had a uh, had a had a fine year last year. I think he needs to step up a, a little bit this year. Uh, and then uh, Bernie, I like the way that he's playing and the way that he grew into this position towards the end of last year. I like both of him. Uh, I like both of them. Uh, I do think that they finally have some depth. I like what I see out of uh, Ventral Miller uh, as well. Uh, I think he's going to step up. I think uh, James Houston's going to step up a little bit this year. And then they got uh, those those freshmen, uh, Diabate, Hopper, Hooper, Hopper, Hopper, and then Hopper, uh, Josiah Hopper. Pierre. Yeah, so I think that you're going to definitely see Tyron Hopper and uh, uh, Diabete uh, play a lot. Uh, I know that Dan Mullen talked about uh, Diabete today, about what he's been able to do and how he's been able to, uh, to adapt. So I, I like their linebackers uh, – Ish, I think it's the the weakest part of their their defense right now uh, in terms of just top to bottom depth, just because there's a lot of guys that need to prove themselves. But I think uh, they got a lot of talent, uh, potential talent, and then you know obviously if you throw that buck position in there with with Greenard and and um, and Moon, uh, you know it's a, it's a solid group of three, and then you know throw Chatfield in there too, uh, and then you know you have Chris Bogle, um, you know Lloyd Summerall if he's going to play. So you know they've got a lot of players you know a lot of names a lot of stars next to their names uh so we'll see uh, how kind of all gets put together how you feel like who, who's your if you have a favorite one my black what's your favorite uh, linebacker of the crew it ain't gotta be a star you just gotta be somebody that you like to see play hey, I'm, I'm gonna be biased man y'all, y'all gonna think i'm biased but uh you know nah but uh ventura miller man it's a lakeland guy he went to kathleen but you know I'm, I, i've been you know excited since the first day he stepped on campus um, he, he's a big playmaker. He's a hitter. Um, Definitely he's, a hitter. Yeah, he, you know he just got to develop a little bit. Um, I'm 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 a firm believer of not putting guys in until they're ready, man. I don't want to, you know, I don't like putting guys in there when they're not ready because you know it burn their bridges, man. And 
you know, people are, are getting an impression of them, man, a, a bad one. So, uh, you know, let them grow. Let them, let them develop. I like Ventura Miller. He's going to show us something this year. My favorite linebacker in the room, just for he got be, he's not a starter, but he, he got a lot of uh, quite a bit of burn toward the end of the season. James Houston is a gangster. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Violent one too. He he want all the smoke. I love me some uh, James Houston. I think he would have been a recruit that would have shot up the um the recruit rankings if he was healthy his senior year coming out of high school. But he was a guy that tore the ACL. They kind of sat and remained a three star and, and and under the radar. But I think James Houston is going to be a playmaker. I think he could run and um, cover a little bit in the passing game, and he's violent. And we and, and I'm all about the violence and, and and the shenanigans on the defensive side of the ball. Dan, who you got? I like both of those guys. Uh, I you know I think that for this team to really be you know that shining defensive uh, you know star that we think that they can be, I think that David Reese needs to have a have a good year this year. I think that he's probably their most top to bottom talented player on their team. I know that he's really well respected by the coaching staff and by the players. So uh, you know I think that he's my favorite to have a, a big year this year. And then if we count that Buck position uh, to be a linebacker, uh, that stand up defensive end position, you know I think that Jonathan Greener is going to probably have the best year out of all of them in terms of just making an impact. I think he's more talented probably. Then, um, then polite was. Uh, I think he had a hell of a, a career at Louisville before he got injured and then transferred here. Um, he knows Grantham's defense. I think he's going to fit in perfectly. Uh, and if you have a guy that needs to cover Zuniga and you have some defensive tackles that are eating up space, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of space for a guy like Greener to make plays. Or there's going to be you know James Houston or Ventro Miller be able to to shoot that gap and, and you know either get a lot of plays or, or certainly pad their stats. And with the linebacker coach, we got. We got the young Bucks, C. Rob, uh, Christian Robinson, the defense, uh, the linebacker coach. What's your impression of him being around him and, and, and uh, like coaching with those? Because he's a young guy himself. He's not that mm-hmm. much older than these guys. What's your impression of him when you see him around the team and coaching these guys up? Uh, you know, Ahmad probably is. is yeah, so I was asking Ahmad. Yeah. yeah, I was on mute. No, so, uh, yeah, man, he's a high energy guy, young young guy. Uh, loves ball, loves ball. I just, I just love his passion for the, for the game. He loves coaching those guys up. Uh, those guys uh, uh, adapt to him and and listen to him. Takes takes his coaching. Uh, so you know, I, I'm excited. That, you know that he's on our sideline, man. He he helps out the guys a lot on and off the field. The guys got a lot of respect for him. Absolutely. And I think the captain of the defense is probably our linebacker, David Reese. Highly likely. So he's probably the most important piece of defense. He was last year. And most likely he will this year. I think his health is going to be a big factor in how successful we are this year. Yeah, Reese, you know, Reese has come a long way from what uh, the 2017 season. I remember mm-hmm. we, used to, I mean, we used to pound people in the first half, and then it was like the second half we just like run out of gas every game, you know, and, and we were all, we were all out of shape. Y'all remember that season? Everyone, yeah, out yeah. Of shape. I mean, we couldn't even finish the game. So, um, you know, we got we got Savage and those guys in. Man, it's it's been a great turnaround to see. How those guys have developed as players, uh, you know, if we stay healthy, he's a quarterback. He's that's our quarterback on defense. So, um, you know, you, you're right. So it, it all depends on Reese and, and how how he holds up. And I like their future back there too. I think uh, Diabate is a uh, you know a, a good player. I think he could be a, a potentially great player. I like Bogle. I like. Um, 
I like Hopper a lot. You know, Josiah Pierre is a guy that uh, was starting to get some, uh, you know, his name thrown around there towards the end of the recruiting cycle as well as a guy that was kind of rising the ranks. I like all four of those guys that I just named the floor, you know, signed last year. Uh, you know, so I think that they've got some some good players to uh, to grow into the future as well. Already. Let's get my man Andy Staples on and let's chop it up. He was at media day today, so let's, let's hang out with him and see what he had to say. Finally, we got Andy Staples from The Athletic. Hey, Andy, congratulations. New gig. Uh, welcome to uh, Stadium and Gale. All right. We got to talk about his name. So I saw when you guys started this thing, and I'm like, Stadium and Gale? Yeah. Is that myself at Florida? Like, wait, and it dawned on me, like, oh, they're talking about North South Drive. Yeah. Dude, I know. Is that, is, is that what the kids call it these days? They just call call it Gale? Has Mr. Yeah. Limerand approved this? I don't know. I don't know. We call it Gale Limerand. I just, that is so weird to me. Like, hey, uh, the state, it just, the shit just made a ring for it. Like, it's a good ring to the show, man. I thought it's. <laughs> it is a, it what is a good it, name. I like it. it has a nice ring to it, but it was weird because I was like, wait, this is a UF podcast. But, what? oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, this is my get off my lawn. Like, I'm an old man. <laughs> that's what hey, I grew that's up what I realized. North South. I think there's still a lot of people that still call it North South. Uh, but when you donate, I don't know, millions and millions of dollars, I guess they'll, they'll name something after you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's I, I, they could have, like, named, like, Museum Road after something named it. after me. I know. Yeah. Hey, you're almost I, there. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if the athletics are doing that well. So, we'll, uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll work out that. Here. So can... Well, I, well if, if that's the case, Dan, I think they should name parking tickets after me because I got so many of those. <laughs> oh, no doubt. <laughs> I, a full pocket I remember uh, I donated so much money to them. Jeez. My last parking, my last parking ticket on campus in 2000. I was like, so what if I just don't pay it? What are you gonna do to me? And they're like, we won't give you your degree. It's like, okay, here's 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were I, nuts. I, I think I had two of them to pay right before I got my degree. So I just went ahead and paid it because I, 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 I didn't want them to even try to play with me. So I just, here, get your funky little couple dollars and go on. Go. What, okay. What percentage, Ahmad, do you think, what percentage of UF graduates had to pay a parking ticket to get their diploma? Oh, man. I think it's at uh, least 50, right? It, it, it it's got to gotta be. be. It's got to be. It's got to be. They like Rome ticket there. It's crazy. Yeah. They roam tow through the rest of Gainesville on the roam ticket. I got a ticket moving out of my dorm freshman year because I parked my car trying to move like my last suitcase into my car. Like, <laughs> crazy. But, they, well, like the guy was literally know. looking at me loading in. He's like, sorry, you're just in the, you're in the wrong spot. I was like, all right. Well. Yeah, I, I learned the hard way about the roam towing early because I had uh, friends at University Commons and I think I got towed out of there twice within the first six months of, of being in Gainesville. So I just, I learned to, to load the, the towing companies. The, the craziest thing about the Rome towing is how much money you had to pay if you saw them towing your car. Like if they just hook on your car, I think you owe them like a hundred bucks. It was crazy. 
Yeah, it's like, can you just put it right. down? Like, I'm right here. They're like, nope, sorry, it's a hundred bucks. And it was like cash. Here's, and it's like, here's another old man moment. It was only sixty back in the day. Still felt oh, awful. Well, a story, a story for another day. I brought the Pouncy Twins car, and and um, it got towed. So. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> don't they don't they know what they're towing? You got to get like a imagine, imagine that conversation when they called and asked for their car the next day. I, 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 the first thing I thought it was stolen. That, that I was in Lexington. I thought I thought the car was stolen. So it was like our first or second week on campus, and I thought their car had got stolen. And they had to they had to wake up and go to workouts. Oh no! Yeah. So oh, that's that's two dudes you don't want to. How do you make that phone call? Um, I I don't know how to tell you this. Uh, that, was, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a tough one. <laughs> oh man! Hey Andy, you're in Hoover. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the first day ICC media days. Uh, most importantly, about uh, Dan Mullen and Michael Pirine, Felipe Franks, and Jabari Zuniga. From what you saw out of them today. Well, it, it was it was interesting. You know, we in there with Dan Mullen for a while. He was talking about Felipe Franks a lot, and uh, you know, it the the maturation of Felipe is is pretty amazing over the last year or so. It just feels like he's a different guy. And I talked to him in spring. Actually, I think it was probably during winter workouts. I talked to him and he's just, he's grown up a lot and he's had to because they, they probably made him the starting quarterback before he needed to be. I mean, I remember when he was being recruited, people were saying, okay, this is a guy who he's got great physical tools, but he's raw and you're probably not going to start until he's like a redshirt junior. Well, that's where he is now. He started as redshirt freshman, started as redshirt sophomore. So I mean, he would do stuff like read his social media mentions, which, okay, I'm a film <laughs> I know not to do that because people are nasty. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine being a quarterback at Florida and reading your social media mentions. It's got to be, like, that's brutal. And so he doesn't do that anymore. And, uh, you know, it's, that's the sort of thing that, that just comes with, with some maturity and, and Dan Mullen was talking a lot about, you know, Felipe be, being willing to run. And, and like when Dan got there, he, Felipe said, well, I'm a, I'm a drop back quarterback. I'm a pro style quarterback. And they'd be like, you're a quarterback. If mm-hmm. the defense gives you six free yards, take them. And he started doing that toward the end of last season. And you watch him, watch him in the South Carolina game and the Florida state game and the Michigan game. He looks like a different guy, mm-hmm. and that that stuff sort of opened up the passing game for him. He looked like a more confident passer. So, you know, if he carries that into this season, I think that offense should start out on a you know just a much more confident footing than it has the last few years. I mean, you guys know it's just been one thing after another with the quarterback position, really since Will Greer got suspended, and mm-hmm. you know go. Then you got to go back to when Ahmad and Tim were there. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know if this is this is the the most secure they've been at quarterback since Tim, but it feels awfully close. I would say. Yeah, no, he seems like. Yeah, he seems like a guy that's never really lacked confidence in himself. I think he's lacked some confidence in maybe his abilities or maybe, you know, understanding the offense. But it seems like, you know, towards the end of that that South Carolina game and certainly Idaho, Florida State and Michigan, you know, he carried around a swagger with him. You know, he 
He had a couple of plays where he got, you know, hit after a long run and he would pull his pants up a little bit and kind of put out his shoulders a little bit that, you know, he has a different confidence that you could tell on the sidelines that the team was respecting him a little bit different and that he was finally starting to put it all together. And then that carried into, you know, the spring ball where, you know, for, for all reports, you know, had a great spring um, and he's having a good offseason so far. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're 6'5", 240, and you can move a little bit, you put your shoulder down. <laughs> and that's what that's what Dan was saying today, you know, that the conversations he had with him. Like, hey, look, if Tom Brady needs to needs to run for a touchdown because they're triple covering all his receivers, he'll do it. So why can't you do it? And that I think that message finally got through. But, yeah, this, is, this team – it feels different than, than a lot of, like, I remember media days last few years in Florida. You didn't sense any, any real confidence or swagger coming off of them. And you do get that sense now. Now the question is, how does that translate? Cause you know, I, I looked down the schedule and like, it was interesting because LSU shows up about the same time. And, and I feel like LSU is in kind of a similar boat as Florida. They both had really good years last year, but they have, such difficult schedules that you're like, well, they could get better, but I'm not sure the record gets any better. And and how are people going to react to that? Because, you know, it, it looks like just on paper that they're more experienced, more talented, but then you look at what they have to play and it's like, oh my God, you know, this is, this is going to be a, a tough year. You're going to still need to get some breaks. Andy, how how talented do you think that Florida is at the the skill positions compared to kind of the rest of the SEC? Because it seems like this is probably the best that they've been in the last seven or eight years there. Yeah, it does feel that way, and it feels like they're kind of experienced everywhere. I'm I'm eagerly waiting for the uh, the the Lucas Kroll Kadarius Tony triple pass situation. Because they definitely, I mean, they feel like they have the most trick play potential of any any team in the SEC. Now they're not loaded at receiver like Alabama is, but they're they're definitely in a better spot. It's it's going to come down to can they block those guys. Um, the one the one thing for Florida, and it's not on the offensive side of the wall that that does seem a little weird to me, and or I guess it's just unusual, is how thin they are at corner. And I know you know this this probably wouldn't be that way if Chris Steele were still there. But you, you look at them now, and, like, if Marco got hurt again, like did last year, it's, it's tougher to replace it. I'm used to them being so deep in the secondary. And I was trying to think back to the last time they were thin in the secondary. And last mm-hmm. year probably would have been the only time. But, I mean, like, I'm thinking back to, like, through the Steve Spurrier, always loaded. Ron Zook era, always loaded. You know, Urban Meyer era, always loaded. Will Muschamp, always loaded. So this is this is a, a strange situation where, you know, you've got really good top end talent there, but they've they've gotta stay healthy, otherwise things change quick. Yeah, what how much do you know about the offensive line? I mean, are you still based in Gainesville or have you moved? I am. I am. Okay. So do you I mean how much do you know about 
you know, Florida's offensive line. And obviously John Hevesy is, is highly well regarded uh, as an offensive yeah. line coach, but they're replacing four starters, you know, a lot of snaps, you know, that are now gone. You know, how do you envision them trying to make that work? And how important is the offensive line this year compared to maybe last year where they didn't have maybe as many skill positions or certainly a, a confident Felipe Franks? Well, you know, you don't know how good they're going to be because you haven't seen them play together. With offensive line, chemistry matters almost as much as ability. You know, do these five guys communicate really well? You know, it's funny because people will look at a line and say it can't block. Well, sometimes it's, it's just that the line can't communicate. You know, you, you, you guys mm-hmm. watch the Todd Grantham defense. So you see people do that. You see Florida do that to teams that don't have good communicators on the offensive line. You know, the way John Hevesy coaches – his lines do talk. They, they're, they're very good communicators. I've always thought he's a very good offensive line coach. I actually think, you know, if, if he wanted to, he could he could move into being an offensive coordinator play caller if, if that was his choice down the road. And so I, I've always thought he's a, a good, a very good teacher on the offensive line and a really good recruiter and evaluator there. So I have faith in him to get that group ready. I just don't know that I can make a big prediction about him because – like you said, there's four starters gone. You just don't know how they're going to play together. Because sometimes you have to kind of mix and match to find the right group. But I do, I do have faith in him just having seen the lines he put together at Florida and the lines he put together at Mississippi State. He's always had, done a really good job of figuring out how those pieces fit together. Yeah. And then what, what kind of – go ahead. And I was I was gonna say what 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 you think was our most approved uh, uh, position group from 2017 to 2018? Hmm. Probably the receivers would be my guess. Uh, you know, the running uh, running backs were very good from from year to year, but I think the receivers took a bigger jump because it felt like at the end of the season there were a lot of guys he could go to and. I just didn't know – I didn't know really going into the season who would emerge. Because, you, you know, you had the transfers. You had Van Jefferson and, and Trayvon Grimes coming in. But you didn't know how much how much they use them or, or how comfort, comfortable they'd be in the offense or how they pick it up. But, it, you know, it felt like by the end of the season, Felipe was really comfortable with them. I mean, you think about it, Van, Van was the you – know, had the most catches on the year – Grimes had the third most catches on the year. I, I still, uh, you know, I'd like to see them get the ball to Tony in as many ways as humanly possible. I think that he feels like Ahmad, you, you played with I, Percy. Yeah, I, I agree. When, when I Percy, agree. when Percy had the ball in his hands, it looked different than other people. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Tony's like that exactly, but it does look different. I, I like the whole. It looks different. Energy. How how was my man um, Dan Mullen? Elevens received at the media day today. Pretty well. I mean, and here's the thing. He he gets this stuff. He's been through it. You know, he, he did nine years at Mississippi State, and this is his second year at Florida. And obviously, he's the OC at Florida, so you learn how to deal with all this stuff. He understands how that game is played, probably a lot better than Jim McElwain did, and probably. Probably better than Muschamp did as a first-time head coach. Now, you go Muschamp at South Carolina now, he gets all that stuff, and 
and he's got it under control. But you know, this is this is one of those situations where you don't want to come in saying too much in in the big room unless you know unless you know you've got something truly special. And I'm not sure Dan Mullen knows what he has relative to the to the rest of the league. I mean, I look at the East. Georgia is at the top. They have probably superior talent to everybody else. And then you've got Florida, South Carolina. Uh, we don't know what Kentucky's going to look like this year, but they're probably going to take a little step back just because they had some great players that they lost. We don't know what Tennessee's going to be because, you know, personnel-wise, they've had to have some guys retire, and uh, but they've got a quarterback that they like. So the East could be improved across the board right now. And with the exception of Kentucky taking a little step back, but again, it's not like Kentucky before where Kentucky would have a good year and then just fall off a cliff. Mark Stoops is going to done a good job recruiting there. <laughs> look at, look at Florida flipping Kentucky commits the, you know, the mm-hmm. last few months. Yeah. Three of them. Those dudes know how to evaluate. <laughs> like they're mm-hmm. good at it. Absolutely. So, um, I think you missed oh, my ahead. question a little bit, but all that was so dope. I just let you go. But I was asking about his shoes, yeah. the Jordans, bro. Oh, it's Jordans. I'm sorry, I missed that. Oh, okay. So, so little history lesson. I I started working at Champ Sports as a senior in high school in 1995. So the Jordan, the original Jordan 11s, which is the white with the black patent leather. Mm-hmm. We we had like my first day, we had like one pair left. We had like a pair of sixes that we sold. And then the the white on whites came out, and so I love those shoes. They they like the the original white with the black patent leather. I think is the coolest Jordan ever made. So go retro with the blue and the scales and the little Gator logo on the tongue. Oh, that was that was nice. Now <laughs> the thing he added to it that that he was I, I is one of those he was pointing it out. Not making a big deal about it, but I think he know what it, he knew what it meant. He's pointing out his his socks, which had little surfers all over them. Mm-hmm. But I think what he's pointing is I'm wearing socks, which I think Florida fans know that makes him the anti McElwain because he's wearing socks and the anti Muschamp, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Muschamp Muschamp was with the Sperrys, so you kind of like you get that. McElwain was with the Weegans, like those things, they don't breathe. Like, yeah. you got to wear something, like little footies with them. I, I, I'm part of the No Sock Club, Andy. You, you don't have uh, – I think you got uh, Ahmad and, and Corey with you, but I, I'm, I'm part of the No Sock team. But, Man, I, it, but It depends on the attire. But, 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 but hey, if my head coach wears them and it's not Jim McElwain, I'm fine. If you don't wear them at all, I'm pretty <laughs> sure your closet smells, Dan. I'm just going to put that out there. Exactly. It's Listen, we all live in Florida, Okay. <laughs> It's a million degrees and a million percent humidity. You gotta wear even the little footy socks that don't show. You gotta wear something. No, just ruins hey, the integrity. Quick question, Andy. It's been a lot of uh, smoke, mirrors, and, and a lot of things. A lot of rumors on message board. What are you hearing in, uh, from Gainesville or in, in, around the SEC with, with any uh, allegations of trouble at University of Florida? Well, you talking about NCA type trouble? Yeah. Oh, not NCA. NCA. Just, just players. 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 Yeah, I mean, you, you hear a couple things, but it, 
there's nothing right now that's that's like I wouldn't write a story about anything right now because I don't have anything a lot concrete. Um, it, it, it's a lot of the usual stuff that you hear, but uh, you, you hear that with every school. And the, the thing is, when you when you write about this stuff, you, you got to have a police report if it's if it's a criminal type thing. You got to have if the NCA is coming in, you got to be able to confirm that they're looking at something. I hadn't heard about anything anything like that with Florida. So I think they're at the moment. All right. It, it was interesting today hearing them talk about, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Florida recruit that had immigration issues, but they got the guy who's originally from the Bahamas. And I got to get his student visa cleared up. Uh, yeah. Before he can come uh, Wandy P. L. Louis. Oh, that's right. Wandy did. I forgot about Wandy. Right. Cause Wandy was from Haiti and his family just kind of dropped him in Naples. And so they had to get all that. You're right. I forgot that they they had to get that cleared up for him to come into camp. Yeah, they that's had to, exactly had to, right. Coach Heater had to go get him. From Haiti. <laughs> that, that's exactly that's right. Coach Heater did have to go to Haiti. I forgot about that. Oh man! And then jumped on the fumble. Coach, yeah, in the SEC championship game. Coach Heater, Coach Heater, mm-hmm. Coach Heater did unthinkable a bunch of times, man. Coach Heater pulling up to do his neighborhoods, you know. He tried everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything for Avery Atkins, dog. Like he, he, you know, he he would go to bat. To this day, talk about Avery Atkins. Um, well, I, now were you, Ahmad? You weren't there yet when Avery was there, were you? I was Avery, there a little bit because Avery had left and he came back. Yeah, that's right. That was such a sad story because you know there there was so much going on, and then uh, he, you know, and I remember talking to the coaching staff about that because. They, he, Avery didn't really leave them a choice, and they had to kick him off the team. And but you could tell the coaches knew it was going to go down a bad road if he didn't have some kind of support system. Right, and that's exactly what happened: is it went down a bad path. And I just because I, I and I've always thought about that, you know, because everybody says when something happens, kick the guy off the team, kick the guy off the team. And with Avery, there wasn't really a choice because it was it was violence involving a woman, and but they knew something bad would probably happen if he was without that support system, and they tried to find him somewhere else to play, and and somebody you know try to put that support system in place, and it just it just didn't work, and so I, it, it's it's interesting whenever guys get in trouble, I think back to that that situation when everybody's screaming kick kick somebody off the team. These coaches know. I mean, am I, you, you can you can vouch for this. Like Chuck Heater knew exactly what was going on, and but sometimes there's not much they can do. Yeah, I mean, they raved they raved about the kid. He was he was a he was a great football player. Oh, um, physically, physically, he was he was the next great Florida corner. I mean, he was he was long and lean. He could move and. Uh, he he just he was fluid. He could flip his hips. He had everything physically that they needed, and uh, it was it was that was such a strange situation. That was that was the deal where they had just approved the grad transfer rule, and mm-hmm. after after they kicked off Avery, they were without a starting corner, and they went and got Ryan Smith from Utah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he wound up starting on a national title team, mm-hmm. and had a huge impact too. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's funny because that, that did so well that they were like, well, we can't have that rule anymore. So yeah. <laughs> they got rid of it for a few years. 
Yeah. Hey, Andy, I, I want to know a little bit more about this move. Obviously, you're with SI for, for what, about 11 years or so? 11 years, yep. Yeah, so today's your first day. Today's Monday, uh, first day with The Athletic. Tell us a little bit more about that move and uh, about where we can find your stuff and kind of what to expect from you. Yeah, we were, so we originally did this podcast two weeks ago. And I, I yeah. DM'd you, you guys and said, hey, can we move it to, to July 15th? <laughs> that, so now you know why. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, am, I, I am really excited. This is so The Athletic has put together what I think is the best group of college football writers that's ever been assembled. Like uh, Bruce Feldman, who's worked at ESPN and Fox. Yeah, I look like the Avengers over there, bro. What's that? So yeah, y'all looking like the Avengers over there, bro. Y'all, y'all doing some good stuff out there. I like it. That's right. Oh, it's it's crazy. It's I I uh, I didn't think they'd you know anybody ever do something like this. And so, you know, it yeah, you got to pay for it. That that's sort of the the rub there. But the, you also don't have to deal with any ads. Uh, there's no like autoplay videos. That was one of the biggest complaints I got when I was writing for SI. Is you know I'd have a story on SI.com. And somebody's like, dude, I was trying to read your story at the office and the video kept coming on and then they could hear it and my boss would get mad at me. Or I was trying to read your story in the bathroom at work and the video kept coming on. And I'm like, sorry guys, I can't I can't control any of that. You know, that this is this is a company that's trying to make money, so that's how they're doing it. Athletic, you gotta pay if you sign up today, three bucks a month for the first year. But you get none of that stuff. You just get all the stuff you want to read. And the beauty of it is it's not just college football where they've gotten a bunch of good people. They've got the best NBA writers. They've got the best NFL writers, the best Major League Baseball writers. So whatever you like, you're going to be able to read about them. Yeah, I think I think the athletic's awesome. Uh, I love it. I've been a subscriber for a while now. Uh, I, you know, happy to have you a part of that. Just just incredible content, incredible uh, incredible folks over there. Andy can't get you um, you know off the air here without talking about uh, about food. So are uh, you going to still be able to do that with the uh, with the athletic? Yeah, yeah. They'll, okay. Don't let me pretty much write about what I want to write about. So. I will definitely keep writing about the food because I can't stop. I've got Shannon Smell tweeting at me that I have to try his, his relationship ribs. So hey. uh, next time he's so I'm going to make that happen. So. I, don't, I don't eat. I, I had the ribs in the past. I don't eat uh, ribs anymore, but they they <laughs> out here, bro. They're good. It's good stuff, bro. The chicken wings good. is fire, That's too. A, yeah, so I, I'm, I, he, I've seen videos of him making them, so they look good. So, I, you know. I got a very refined barbecue palate. I can't, you know, you give me like $600 bottle of wine. I don't know what the difference between that and a, a $10 bottle, but I do know good ribs. So I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to try those. Yeah, give me a fun spot to eat at. Give me a fun spot to eat at Friday night in Orlando, man. Fun spot to eat at Friday night in Orlando. That's well, the original food was barbecue down there. Now I know they've gone around the whole state now, so that's not, as as fun as it used to be, but that's still pretty good. I, the the folks that are staying out by Disney, it, I gotta figure. I gotta try to remember what this place is called. Um, there's a Puerto Rican place out by Disney, and uh, oh, it's called Tropico Mafongo. So if y'all haven't had Mafongo, it's mashed up plantains with chicken or pork, basically whatever meat you want, and it is is so damn good. It is so. This place is like right by the entrance to Disney World, 
So it's out there near Kissimmee. But you are, uh, you're going to pay like eight bucks and be completely stuffed. And it's awesome. And you can, you can get, they'll do it. They'll do it with the, where they mix up the, the right plantains and the mm-hmm. green plantains. Oh. Dude, Mofungo's so where good. it's at. I went to Puerto Rico back in March, and I fell in love with Mofungo. I've probably had it once a week since. Well, that I've, I've never had that dish. I got to try that. You could also get your palm red at the place next door. So <laughs> That's what's crazy about Orlando, man. Yes. Uh, and. And we appreciate you coming on. Uh, hopefully, we get you on uh, again soon, man. But uh, have a, a, an enjoyable rest of your time out there at SEC Media Days. Thanks for all you do. Congratulations again. And, uh, and man, uh, let, let everybody know where they can follow you and find you and all that stuff. All right. I appreciate it. You can find me uh, at Andy underscore Staples on Twitter. Uh, you can go to theathletic.com if you want to read me. If you want to hear me ramble on for three hours every day. Sirius XM, Channel 84, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Awesome. Andy, we appreciate it. All right, thank you. Go Gators, baby. Man, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Andy's always cool. Always dope to hang out with him. Yeah. It's always good to be able to talk Gator ball, man, with with people who know what they're actually talking about. Hey, Andy played at UF, too, so. Oh, yeah. What did he play? Piano? He uh, no, he walked on. He's a walk on uh, offensive lineman, I think. Oh, uh, bro, I didn't know that. Bro, yeah, yeah. All right, so, hey, bro, hey, this off the record, right? I'm gonna tell you some funny ass shit because this is like my brother, bro. But we still, if you if you say this to him, he gonna laugh because it's shit funny. So Moses Jenkins, bro, right? You remember Moses Jenkins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Moses, bro, he had. The, I'm talking about the prettiest feet, the fucking hips. He had all that shit, right? So one time, bro, right. <laughs> He, he, like, he'll always be right there, but don't make the play. So, this motherfucker jumped up and, and got Moss, right, for a touchdown. So, the coach stopped, coach he to stop the film. He say, Moses, you, you, got, you got to grab it, like, like a rebound. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he sat back down and looked at, he looked at the screen, and he say, you play basketball, right, Moses? Moses said, nah, coach. He say, what the hell? You didn't play basketball. That's your damn problem. But you play the piano? Man, I, <laughs> man what the fuck, bro? Like, bro, the man, the man cracked jokes, bro. Bad. Holy shit. That all worked out right there. The piano. It's like a great Dave Chappelle joke. All came back to the piano. I didn't know where he was going with this shit. Uh, but it all came back to the piano. That was beautiful. Hey, Amai, it's your favorite, favorite uh, part of the show, man. Let's get into some recruiting talk. All right. All right. <laughs> all right man um today we had some 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 news not a whole lot going on we're in the middle of the dead period but today we got to commit out of jahari rogers four-star defensive back out of texas originally from louisiana so my man um tori and grace cooking on the trail right now yeah, he's. Uh, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. We uh, we mentioned that this was going to probably happen. Uh, I like him. He's he's pretty good. Uh, I think he's about six feet. Runs about a four six five. Uh, lockdown cornerback. Uh, some of the tape that I watched. Um, I think he he still has to work on his initial speed uh, right right at the beginning. Uh, but other than that, he's great at closing. He's a great lockdown uh, player. I think he's a top one fifty player in the country. So uh, I think that's Florida's sixth 
uh, top 200 player in the country. So uh, another great get for uh, from a guy from Texas too. So. Hey, hey, a black. Check out his film, man. He's a real patient in the jam game too, bro. I'm, I'm gonna Buddy. check it out. I'm gonna check it Not out. Not over aggressive, real mature. And right now he's a top ten defensive back, and he hasn't been playing a position that long. So he's kind of figuring this thing out. He's playing quarterback at his high school, so right. He, he's he's trying to figure out this whole defensive back thing. But he's looking. He, he's like he's gonna be something special. Yeah, he so got he, us one, man. He's okay. got ta- he's got the talent. I think with technique. Uh, he's he could be a, a really solid ball player. Absolutely. And my man Michael Blanco got him one. Uh, shout out to Mike White. If he can't do anything else, he absolutely can recruit. Landed uh transfer point guard, yep. Tyree Appleby. Hopefully he's better than the last transfer Appleby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, it's yeah. not, it's not, that, that would be hard to beat, man. But shout out to Alphabet. Shout uh, out to Alphabet, man. Mid, mid, mid major talent. Mm-hmm. Um, my man can give us some information. Think he could be around a, a seventeen point type, uh, seventeen points a game type guy. Yeah, got to sit out a year, so we won't see him this year, but we'll see him next year. Yeah, he'll probably um, take over for Nemhard if he goes to the NBA. Uh, I think that's the third player that uh, UF got as a grad transfer. Obviously, they got Kerry Blackshear, who's eligible to play this year. Uh, but they got a guy from Louisiana Tech as well. So I think all three uh, transfer guys that Mike White went after this year, he got. So uh, it should be a pretty good team. I mean, obviously, they're going to probably lose a lot of talent after this year. But uh, he can definitely recruit. So whether it's him coaching or somebody else coaching, there's going to be a, a talented roster there. Absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much it recruiting-wise, bro. Ain't a whole lot going on. Friday Night Lights next week, so we should see some fireworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Recruiting-wise, also, we got my man Marcus Doomerville, offensive tackle, uh, big-time recruit, big-time need, blue-chip offensive tackle. We'll be visiting Friday Night Lights next week, confirmed. So that's that's a, uh, a big get as far as getting on campus, man, getting into the things, bringing family in tow. So hopefully we get our foot in the door, man. Close with either him or Isaiah Walker. You got your top-notch uh, offensive line class, man. That's yeah, and, and, and Florida's also looking at that uh, that defensive back from Arkansas State. Talk to me a little bit about uh, Damari Medley. Well, um, I reached out to him, asked him whether uh, I've been hearing some smoke that, that he was possibly transferring. And if, if, if so, was it University of Florida? He said the smoke is real, and it's looking like he's probably going to be most likely attending UF this fall. Uh, film looks good. He got some tape. Uh, transfer guy that I think is going to be eligible right away. I don't know if it's on Scully or uh, a walk-on, but I know we're getting him right now. And then I think it's a position to need. I don't know how fast he plays, you know what I'm saying? But to me, his film looks looks good. And if you're going to get a guy, get a guy with experience, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's probably the most important thing is you're getting a guy with experience. It's Florida doesn't have 85 scholarship players on their team, so even if they did give him a scholarship, it's not going to take up a spot from somebody that it wasn't going to. Uh, you know, I think that Florida is light at defensive back, so anybody that can be in the backfield uh, is probably you know at, at least good for a practice body at, at a bare minimum. Yeah. So. And he's a Gainesville kid. And he's a Gainesville kid, and I, I like his film a lot. Uh, if I'm a, you know what I'm saying? If I'm going to take a guy like him as experience, put him in the box. I don't know if I want him outside at, at corner, but mm-hmm. I don't mind him in the box for him a little start in the backup role. I would prefer him over a guy like Jaden Hill, true freshman in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I watched a little bit of his tape, and it, he 
he does a pretty good job of uh, of keeping up with receivers, and uh, he made some plays, you know, on the ball. So, uh, you know, we, we never know. There's a, there's a lot of guys in the NFL. There's a lot of guys that really progress uh, in college, and, you know, Torian Gray is, is amongst the best defensive back coaches in the country, and if he wants him and if Todd Grantham wants him, then they're a hell of a lot better evaluators than I am. So, uh, so bring him on board and let's see what he can do. Ah, dope show, bro. We got some fire content this week, man. I'm ready to listen back to this. We hung out a little bit. Sorry, Come on, about you with the, you yeah, good? Yeah, I got a little quiet at the end. My bad, job, boy. That's all good. I know how I go, baby. You good, Dan? Living the dream. I'm just jealous that Ahmad Black's eating uh, Dippin' Dots right now. Come here. That well, used to be my favorite well, thing to do. Well, when I was about to show my little girl, but she wants to waste Dippin' Dots in my fucking bed, so. Hey, I got them off. She got him off. Okay, well. <laughs> oh man, that was, a, that was a good show, man. Everybody Dope hung show. out. Who's taking away with the song today? Your song, Ahmad? I, I was, I was getting down. Hey, so. Hey, hold, hold on. Before Ahmad, uh, before Ahmad talks, you got a few things going on. Uh, I want to give two. I want to give a shout out to. Uh, the folks at Ginger Beard Coffee here in Tampa, uh, Josh, the guy that I talked to on Saturday, is a big listener of the show. Uh, he listens to the uh, Big Three Roll-Up, too. Uh, awesome guy. Uh, so here in Tampa, so if you want to check out uh, the best coffee in Tampa, I think, uh, check him out. That's not a uh, – that's not, that's more than – it's all a plug. It's not even an ad. Uh, and then I'm speaking with our boy Shannon at the uh, Pinellas County Gator Club on August 10th. So hit me up if you want details, but uh, August 10th in St. Pete and Treasure Island at a at Gators Pub. So if you want to hear me uh, me speak and then, you know, hang out with Shane and, you know, let me know. Also, uh, you know, all the listeners who, you know, subscribe to um, Stadium Miguel and just listen to us and, and our fans of, you know, me, Dan, and Silk, man, we appreciate you guys. Um, you know, we, we really do. And, and it's awesome that you guys um, listen to us and, and follow us. Um, it's pretty dope. So, always, man. It's a, all this, all this is a humbling experience. Uh, before we get out of here, let me get my man and Cam to give, give us, give the people something. Producer Cam, produce. Yeah, what's up, y'all? Cool, what's man. up, buddy? I just got something to say to the entire Gator Nation about basically this whole week, but how we behave every off season. Y'all, please shut up with rumors just because you think you're cool because somebody said something and you think you're getting some clout on the timeline. In the long run, y'all ain't doing nothing but hurting us. I mean, really, what are you getting out of this? Nothing. Yeah. Got a vibe, dog. Got a vibe. You got to chill, man. People blow my DMs up man hey bro i'm out bro i'm doing real life yeah. stuff with my family you know bro what tell you? <laughs> nah, it's twitter like, ain't real life it ain't real life like just chill like it's professionals at work bro like like dan mullet probably sleep right now so i'm gonna go to sleep <laughs> you know what i'm saying hey and then assume you know right like let's just say you know everything then what like your life is tomorrow morning and for so why do y'all want to be out here spreading all this stuff and making the whole team look bad? It's a local, baby. Shut up. Already. Hey, Black, you got the song this week, man. Redeem the people. Is Black with us, bro? <laughs> what is going on? Oh, I was muted, my bad. <laughs> I was talking this whole time. Hey, man, y'all got, I got the song. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us out, man. Dan ain't, Dan ain't, ain't helped me out at all on this song, so.
Dan gets no credit on this song. This is all me. You know, even though Dan got fans. Get to the song, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay in the Grammy speech, bro. Just pick your song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got, we got we got the London by uh, Young Thug, featuring J Cole, uh, Travis Scott. Oh, dope shit! I like that shit. You like that song? Yeah. That shit jam. I, I made up all that speaking and talking I was doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, pull up each and every week. Stay to Miguel, baby. We out. You can never hit mine, nigga In my DM, they electric side, nigga No catfishing, this is not a fish fry, nigga Never switch sides on my dog Catch a contact, hit your ride, go to Mars Everybody sing How could you come up out your face and say I ain't the hardest nigga you'd have never heard I left off like a rapper's dead and bird A verse for me is like 11 birds Just did the math, it's like $2,000 every word I'm on the purge, I beat the church I kill some niggas and I walk away from it Then I observe just how you curved Then told a nigga that they got away I know, I know you ain't hot the man I'm ballin' on them pussy nigga like you want a man I'm drowning all inside the pussy like I never swam Hey, fuck your IG, I put something on your sonogram on the man Me, me, me at the London If you find time, we can run one Talk about some things we can undo You just in the pen, I can find you Six one on the money, nine two You just say the word and I run through Two texts, no reply, that's when I knew I knew, I knew, yeah, I knew. Talk, talk, I can make a brick walk. Up north, down south, bank head to Rachel walk. Hit it with a little water, stretch it like a vocal cord. STD, I ran my ward. Fuck a fed and his daughter. I'm a rent a compound. I supply the cigarettes and bread. Stop driving roads. Oh, yeah. I've been on the road like a pair of spinners and stopping goals. Yeah, I can charge them like a dodge and a demon. Got you brought in the garage and semen. Every time a nigga go back to the ward, niggas act like they won't start and we leave them on a semen. Me, me, me at the London. If you find time, we can run one. Talk about some things we can undo. You just in the pen, I can find you. Six one on the money, nine two. You just said a word and I run through. Two texts, no reply. That's when I knew, I knew, I knew, yeah, I knew. Right, crush down with your mind. Forty-four times, four plus.